You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Hi, neighbors. First, I want to remind you that Paracast is brought to you this week by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 85,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash Paracast. So, ladies and gentlemen, there are petitions, there are demonstrations, and it seems that some people looking for disclosure managed to get a bunch of signatures to President Obama requesting disclosure of UFOs. Now, as I recall in the story, they got over 12,000 signatures. Now, remember, the United States of America has 300 million people. So I think you can get 12,000 signatures for anything. Yeah. Any serious or wacky thing that you can imagine, you can get a petition for So we understand this, all right? But they got 12,000. I guess under those circumstances, you normally wouldn't get a response. In this case, they did get a response from some kind of third assistant flunky bureaucrat. I don't know what his name is, so we'll call him third assistant flunky bureaucrat. The flunky says the usual thing. Well, the government has no evidence that UFOs are spaceships. And by the way, we, of course, can refer you to checking out SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Now... We understand that the people who sign these petitions, 12,000 people, are serious, they're well-intentioned, but don't you think, Chris O'Brien, that maybe it doesn't always have a positive effect because it makes them look like loons? Well, you know, I think there was a, an interesting article that Leslie Kane wrote here a few days back where she, she mentioned that the language of the actual petition almost made it impossible for them to sign even if they did have any awareness of, as I think Bassett uh, claimed, an extraterrestrial presence engaging uh, the human race and immediately releasing to the public domain all files from all agencies and military services relevant to this phenomenon. First of all, uh, you know, whoever said that we're dealing, you know, again, I sound like a broken record, but whoever said we're dealing with an extraterrestrial presence, number one, and number two, how can the president demand the release of information that could possibly have national security implications, for instance? Um, it, it just seems uh, just ill-conceived, the languaging of the actual petition. I, I think it was just another attempt at grabbing some headlines, creating uh, some paradigm research uh, group interest, maybe uh, generate a little bit of cash, you know, just keep the uh, PR bandwagon going over there at, uh, at the PRG. And I think Leslie's points are well taken. You just, you have to write these things in a way that a politician could even consider, let alone get behind. So uh, I I just think the thing was doomed before it was even, (laughs) the first signature was signed. The language has so much to do with it. I mean, if they had spelled out reasons to investigate what might be going on with some key cases, maybe they could have gotten a better response, but I guess they should be lucky they got anything at all. It was doomed from the get-go, and it's good to see that there's people interested enough to sign a petition like that, but I mean, the, the very fact that the White House, as you said, had a third-tier functionary uh, come forward and, and sort of publicly deal with this, I mean, uh, that should give uh, Mr. Bassett and others uh, a pretty good idea of, of what what scale of importance this thing uh, you know would have there at the White House level. I hope it turns out to be a learning experience for them. 
Because uh, at this point, where do you go from here? You might be hoping a while. <laughs> sure, but where do you go from here? You sent the petition. They said, ah, okay, that was their response, huh? That's the response. That's it. End of story. Right. What do you do from there? Well, you, you get somebody who – you get a team together to write this thing properly. Maybe put a clause in there saying if this – you know, re- reveal information about – and then list off the various acronyms that, that have been used in the government over the years uh, relating to the UFO phenomenon and say that does not deal directly with national security. Or, or maybe a petition that, that acknowledges that these objects are being dealt with in a national con- uh, security context. I mean, maybe start and incrementally try to pry the door open instead of asking you know, for the whole <laughs> shooting match in one one sentence. It, it, it's, it, it just doesn't seem well conceived and, and well thought out. Also can have a negative effect because all it does is make it look like these are a bunch of loons. And as I said at the beginning of the episode, you can get 12,000 people to sign anything. You know, let's use only 30 watt fluorescent lights. Okay. That's it. We want to have a law. So only 30 watt fluorescent lights are used. I'm sure you can get 12,000 people out there who are going to sign that. Uh, I think you're talking about dim bulbs in the pack, and that's kind of what I was referring to before. (laughs) All right. You said it. I didn't. Let me get yourself in trouble there. I get in enough trouble as it is. I have a petition. uh, The tax in all packs of tax can only be sharp to this degree of sharpness. I have no idea what you just did. (laughs) And maybe I was I never trying to make to a know. play on the dimmest bulb in the pack and the sharpest tack in the pack. You know, it's, all right. Well, know. it was very dim. Yes, that, okay. that was bad. Okay, and somebody's uh, going to complain about now my corny jokes. You see, that's why I haven't given any corny jokes lately. I decided it was better that you give the corny jokes. By the way, just want to mention something here. Our friend Lauren Coleman has recently moved his International Cryptozoology Museum. It's over in Maine. Portland, Maine. I'll even give the address because, you know, he deserves some publicity. He's going to be on the PowerCast soon anyway. 11 Avon Street, Portland, Maine. And the thing is open Wednesday through Sunday, believe it or not. So this is fascinating. And it says here that the admission is $7 each, children $5. That's worth it. I'd do it. Sure. The only thing is somebody's going to have to pay my way to Maine, but heck. I'm sure we have some well-heeled listeners out there. I haven't been to Maine in years. You know, that's funny. I lived in New England for a couple of years, long, long time ago. But I never went to Maine. And, of course, I've never been to Spain. But I kind of like the music. There. I did something bad, okay? (laughs) Tell me about J.C. Johnson. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is going to be a real fun show. I met J.C. Uh, back in 2007, I believe, or 2008. And um, I'm trying to remember, was it the first uh, Norio Hayakawa's first Dulce Bass conference? I'm not even sure what year it was. It may have been 2008. Anyway, I met this very, very intriguing guy who spends quite a bit of time out investigating around the Four Corners area. I think he would call himself, uh, first and foremost, a cryptozoologist. Explain and to our that, listeners what the Four Corners are, geographically Well, the Four Corners speaking. are the only contiguous uh, uh, spot in the United States where four states actually share a common uh, point. In other words, uh, it's, it's 
the point where Colorado, New Mexico, Utah, and Arizona all come together. And, and, and you can literally put your hands in two states and your feet in two other states. And, and a lot of people who've been through there kind of <laughs> do that. It's I get my hands in a lot of things, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, you step in it too occasionally, I'm sure. Um, oh, of course. And he lives uh, in the Farmington area there, which is uh, fairly close to there, Durango rather. And which is two of the bigger towns. He he kind of covers that area around where all those states come together. And he does quite a bit of work in uh, the northern portion there of the Navajo Indian Reservation. And uh, there's other, the Utes, uh, Southern Mountain Utes have their reservation around that area. And uh, he's just, uh, he is chock full of interesting cases, stories that he's uh, attempted to uh, you know, backtrack and uh, co- corroborate with other witnesses. Uh, strange stuff. I mean, reptiles, uh, huge, impossibly large snakes, um, sightings of packs of dinos- small dinosaurs. Um, the-, the list goes on and on, and, and we're going to have a lot of fun talking with JC. He's, um, he's befriended uh, quite a number of, of Navajo who trust him and confide in him when strange events happen. He's right uh, in the middle of a very peculiar sheep mutilation case with some weird crypto kind of creature that may be responsible. And uh, he's a fascinating guy. J.C. Johnson coming up next on The Paracast. As you know, The Paracast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 85,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For our listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service, such as Leslie Kane's UFOs, Generals, Pilots, and Government Officials Go on the Record. For that free audiobook, go to audiblepodcast.com slash paracast. That's audiblepodcast.com slash paracast. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I had already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Nick Wadino with Midas Resources. If you have an IRA or 401k, did you know you can turn that nest egg into a physical gold and silver nest egg? Do you know what kind of specific precious metals are allowed by law to be in retirement accounts? Did you know that you can take physical delivery of these precious metals? Would you like to know more? It's a fact. Stocks and mutual funds have been a wild ride, and many people's retirement funds have taken large hits. If you put $100,000 in gold in January of 2009, it would be worth over $200,000 today. If you put $100,000 in silver, then it would be worth over $300,000 today. As bailouts for banks and the seemingly endless printing of money continues worldwide, the value of the dollar could decline further, in turn possibly pushing gold and silver much, much higher. Protect what you work so hard for. Call me, Nick Wadina, 1-800-686-2237, extension 343, and learn what your options are. Again, that's 1-800-686-2237, extension 343. Once again, 1-800-686-2237, extension 343. George Washington said, Government is not reason, it is not eloquence, it is force, like fire. It is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. America's government is no longer the servant of the people and the protector of our liberty, but has become that fearful master. We the people must understand the nature of this government gone awry if we are to be successful in saving our country. 
America is being deliberately destroyed by a cabal of international gangsters so that she can be forced into subjugation to a one-world government. The God-given, unalienable rights of the Declaration of Independence are in jeopardy. We must not let them be stolen by ambitious and evil men. Utopia Silver Supplements believes it is our God-given right to make our own health care decisions however we deem best. If we can help you with your supplement needs and better health, then help us win this health freedom battle. Visit us today at utopiasilver.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-A silver.com. Or call 888-213-4338. Again, 888-213-4338. Warning, this content is powerful and may cause others to reject your knowledge. If you want to know what happened to America, if you like cutting-edge information, if you need to convince someone that something different than what they believe is actually taking place, and to experience the true history of America you won't find anywhere else, get the new book, Satan's Show. Satan's Show is a hard-hitting look at what many know as the Antichrist and proof of a mind-control agenda. Learn how America was tricked into entering World War I and get over nine hours of audio and over 700 reliable web links. Satan's Show is available in ebook and audio downloads. Click the special offer for $14.99 and you'll receive both, plus Operation Northwoods on audio free with purchase. Download today at satanshow.com. You will be shocked. You will be amazed. satanshow.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. On the Paracast with Gene and Chris, we welcome J.C. Johnson. And I guess the big question is, considering this experience, this wealth of experience he has, exploring the strange and unknown, why he has not been on the show before, and that's probably because we haven't asked him and we haven't gotten around to getting him on. J.C., welcome to the Paracast. It's a pleasure to be here, gentlemen. Pleasure. You're an outdoorsman, it says here, so... You're opposite of what I am. I'm an indoors person. I sit in front of a computer all day. I mean, I go out and work out and all that kind of stuff. I don't do much on-site stuff. How did you get involved in the kind of stuff that we deal with on the Paracast? As I've probably said before, I've been an outdoor guide off and on for about 20 years. And what really triggered things is we started running into some furry creatures that walked upright on two legs Back on the Mogollon Rim, which is near Payson, Strawberry, Arizona, up on the rim there. Uh, back around, yeah, back around uh, probably 98, 1998, we had our first real experiences with these uh, creatures at the time. and The Mogollon Monster. Yeah, actually, it was in the area of Blue Ridge, which is a lake up on the Mogollon Rim. And what they've done is they've dammed up uh, Clear Creek proper. So we've got about five miles of water that goes one way from the landing, and you've got about six or seven miles of water that goes the other way from the landing. It looks like a river, but it's not a river. There's no real current, but it's a lot of water to paddle. It was a great place to take people fishing to it with the uh, fishing trips I would do up there. And we ran into 
for a while we we were curious about what could come into our camp and move around the salt and pepper shakers on the table and, and not knock stuff over and things were rearranged with some of our camp gear some of the things we'd left out on the table you know and i started calling it ridge bear whatever and they're like well you know a bear couldn't come in here and rearrange your table and not knock <laughs> everything over you know and kind of like a, don, a denial thing I, I knew there was something out there i knew something more than a bear was going on and it wasn't until a couple trips later i was there with my friend christian and it was just after ice out and we had this whole 12 miles of narrow canyon water pretty much to ourselves we'd run into some fishermen earlier in the day and they weren't going to be spending the night and it was bear sign everywhere uh, it was a dry kind of a dry spring and a dry winter for the most part and i decided we weren't going to camp on shore there was a 10 by 15 rock about 30 feet out in the water and i said you know that'll be enough room to put a tent on a couple of chairs our little barbecue and we'll just have to be really careful you know not to have too many beers and fall in and that's where we camped and you have to tell me about what happens when you have all those extra beers but that's another story for another that's show a, that's another story and we you know we were cutting up making noise and everything it wasn't like we thought we were going to be disturbing anybody because there was nobody there except the fishermen who had already left they were out in a boat and we were miles back from the landing so it wasn't like we thought we were disturbing serving anybody laughing and telling jokes and singing silly songs up at the top of our lungs. We're there to have a, a good time. And we tur- probably turned in around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And I think it was around one in the morning. I, I have a tendency to snore when I've had one too many uh, beverages. And I was sleeping and I woke up and I had shoes on me. I had beer cans on me. Anything my buddy could pick up from the tent floor to throw at me to stop me from snoring. <laughs> and I'm like... What the hell? What's going on here? And he said, you were snoring, but that, that's not a problem. And he said, listen. And I heard it coming out of the back canyon. And I'd heard it before, and I, rever- I never really knew what it was. And it was off in the distance. He said, is that a cougar? I said, no. And he says, is that, is that an elk? I said, no, it's nothing above. And it kept coming closer to us up on top of the ridge. And what it was doing was ripping through the trees and busting branches and limbs as it came. And my buddy Christian had uh, served in Germany with the army, and he was in the Black Forest. And he goes, it's a banshee. It's a banshee. They travel through the treetops. They have three-inch long nails. They rip you to shreds. You know, he was attributing the noise we were hearing with something coming through the treetops. I was attributing the noise with something making its own trail as it came toward us. And by this time... It was right on top of us, and the first thing it did was launch a 3 by 5 rock that probably weighed 150 pounds, and it threw it like a discus, and it just missed my canoe and made a huge splash, and the waves from the, the rock started banging the aluminum canoe up against the rock, and this thing is still screaming at the top of its lungs. And as we stick our heads out of the tent door, he starts picking up forest debris, and pelting us with it, not really hard, but enough that, ow, 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 you got pine cones coming down, you got little rocks and, and, and whatever forest debris it could pick up. So we retreated back into the tent, and we're just kind of watching the ridge. And this thing would scream, 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 just a long, drawn-out, horrible, blood-curdling scream. And when he finally took a breath, it sounded like a 300-pound lung filling up. <laughs> just huge. Sounds like he and has asthma. It, 
Yeah. Then he started screaming again. He finally left. And we went up. We were terrified the rest of the evening, obviously. I was going we, we to say, I bet, I bet you probably had some uh, issues with cleaning out your drawers. The next <laughs> <night>. <laughs> we, we climbed up to the top of the ridge the next morning, and we saw the way he came in, and we saw the way he went out because he made a trail each time. And when he did finally leave that night, we could hear him for miles. Every now and then, he'd let out a yelp, and you could just hear him smashing through the forest. So I, I think sometime... During the day, we probably disturbed him while he was sleeping or something of that nature. Come to find out, there were a lot of stories coming out of that area. Oh, yeah. Uh, Blue Ridge Reservoir, you know, as, as we investigated and looked into it, there were lots of stories. And uh, my friend, he, uh, he kept calling it a banshee. And it's mythological at this point, but the Blue Ridge Banshee is what we talk about when we talk about uh, the furry ones over there, the Sasquatch, uh, near the Blue Ridge area. Well, we had a we had quite a sighting that I've related uh, on the program a couple of times uh, at the Fort Apache Indian Reservation back in 2007, uh, where actual Apache law enforcement officers in uniform uh, went before uh, you know, the media and, and did talk about a very interesting peeping Tom sighting of Bigfoot that was seen uh, looking in the window of a Indian couple's house and uh, left uh, tracks around. And, and uh, we've had reports uh, further west of here uh, in the Williams area and also around Seligman. There's been some reports uh, within the last four or five years. So, hey, welcome to the, to the Mogollon Rim and, the, and I guess the Mogollon Monster, as, as the locals call him <laughs> around here. Uh, he made his appearance known and... Uh, I guess you did uh, disturb him. I, I, I've never heard of the vocalizations uh, that you're describing attributed to this particular form of Bigfoot or this, I guess, kind of regional version of him. I, you could, you could honestly, the decibels coming from this creature could give you permanent hearing damage. Yeah, I'm serious. So next time you don't have to go to a rock concert, you call up one of these creatures. <laughs> we have J.C. Johnson. We're exploring strange and unusual creatures with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hey folks, in today's fast-paced work environment, getting everyone in the same room for a meeting can be challenging, especially when they work in different locations. And that's why I use GoToMeeting with HD Faces by Citrix. It is amazing. You can collaborate online by sharing your presentation. While seeing colleagues face-to-face in high definition, they can hide their blemishes. Video quality is so clear and natural, it's like being in the same room. And all you need is an internet connection with a webcam. It's that easy. So here's what I can do. For example, on the Paracast, which I host with my friend Chris O'Brien, we live in different locations. We need to share something, a document or something like that. All I have to do is call him up with GoToMeeting, and I say, Chris, take a look at this, and he said he's ready to go. You can try GoToMeeting with HD Faces free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, enter the promo code PODCAST, use the promo code PODCAST. Jason Lewis here with the holidays just around the corner. Be sure to consider the greatest gift you can give to your friends and family. 
peace of mind. That's why I choose WiseFoodStorage.com. WiseFoodStorage.com offers delicious ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna, savory stroganoff, and pasta Alfredo that are packaged for freshness in individual metal Mylar pouches and carry a 25-year shelf life. And they're ready to eat in minutes. Simply add hot water. Request a free entree sample today at WiseFoodStorage.com. And for a limited time, get free shipping and 10% off of your order. That's right, a free entree, free shipping, and 10% off any order. Just use promo code LEWIS. Call 855-FOODWISE. That's 855-366-3947. Or visit WiseFoodStorage.com. That's WISE, W-I-S-E, FoodStorage.com. Gourmet emergency food at the best price and the greatest gift you can give to the ones you love this holiday season. From the shattered Rust Belt come the Lost Vegas. Now also available in digital format at Amazon and iTunes worldwide. Don't come calling when your walls start falling Life Before the Collapse by the Lost Vegas on 180-gram vinyl and mastered especially for vinyl by legendary audio engineer Steve Hall. This guy, this Life Before the Collapse by the Lost Vegas. The Lost Vegas. Now available at Amazon.com and iTunes. Smokers, are you still smoking traditional cigarettes? Are you still smelling up your clothes and car interior, staining your teeth, and getting ashes everywhere? Why? When you could be smoking or vaping with e-cigarettes by LaSig. With LaSig e-cigarettes revolutionary microelectronic technology, rechargeable battery, and unique replacement cartridges, you'll get all the satisfaction of smoking, but no smoking hazards. Choose from a wide variety of our new American-made Vapriate e-liquid flavors at LaSig.com, spelled L-E-C-I-G.com, or call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. LaSig e-cigarettes for today's modern smoker. Warning, e-cigs may contain nicotine, an addictive substance known to the state of California to cause birth defects or cancer. Please be aware of the risks associated with e-cigs prior to use. You must be 18 years or older to purchase. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? The question is here, will one day Chris O'Brien become a strange and unusual creature? RDM, Gene. That's probably true. J.C. Johnson cryptozoologist is here to talk about the strange unusual creatures he's also it says here you're president of the north american fortean society what's that about that's uh what we're doing is um getting different state people to sponsor their state there's a part where you can go to on the website and you can sign up for your state and be a state sponsor and it's also a way for people to get a hold of you also from your state. Let's say you do a search on Google. You're looking for someone to talk to about a sighting you had. And the search engines 
will bring, you know, some traffic over to that way. They, they made me their president as long as I agreed to give up hard liquor. So I'm still their president. So it's this wonderful. was basically, instead of going to Alcoholics Anonymous, you join this organization. They made me president to give up whiskey, so I gave it up. I did. Was it worth it? I like beer just fine. Okay, so the key is it's not the really hard stuff. Beer works, wine works. <laughs> Actually, it's a joke. They just kind of made me their president, and I said, well, thank you. I appreciate that, and I'll try to make you uh, pleased you did so. So well, I would I'll like tell you to- what. Tell our listeners where to find the site. I think you have nafs.net, I believe, is the link to it. Actually, I what I, I have that. is nafsociety.net. Oh, okay. I looked it up. Shows how much I know. And by the way, we're going to have that on our site. If you go to thepowercast.com and you check out this episode, you could click on that link and check out the organization. How's that? And also, I think I sent you a link to uh, our Crypto Four Corners page. No, I don't have it yet. uh, Yeah, I don't think uh, it never made it through. Oh, okay. That's the organization I am out here is we're Crypto Four Corners. Crypto as an unknown four corners, as in we're sitting right in the breadbasket of uh, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico, and Utah. I can go for this. It sounds like fun, though. It really does. Okay, let's explore more creatures. Okay, so you have this banshee or whatever you encountered. It, it was a it was a Sasquatch, and I, I kind of went into uh, denial about it, and Christian even drew a, his rendition of what he thought it was, and it's a pretty <laughs> horrendous-looking um, creature, his banshee, and I was thinking this is this was a Sasquatch. And this is back in 1998-99. In my mind, Sasquatch was a Pacific Northwest thing. I did not expect to find them in Arizona. Right. Well, did did you notice any really good uh, physical evidence, such as footprints, maybe clumps of hair, any sort of droppings? Obviously, at this point, you're you're not really an investigator you're you're an experiencer but um what about the uh experience i mean you've seen this thing making tracks through the through the forest were you able to really determine its size uh did you see any branches that were at a certain height that would indicate its uh its its apparent size uh, any any sort of sense of that i think we we found branches probably broke probably 15 feet up fresh breaks maybe a little bit higher uh just some impressions in the ground he didn't get into any real muddy situations to leave us a pristine print and plus you've got all the pine needles now on further visits there to blue ridge yes we did find tracks and things of that nature just to kind of further verify the fact that uh, we had something there that we didn't expect obviously this was a kind of a life-changing experience i would think for you um i, I you I know i, I relate I think I to that Kind of a PTSD from <laughs> from that experience. But, you know, I, I went on, and all I saw was this great big, huge, uh, silhouetted shape with a sliver of moon. I couldn't make out great details, but it was big. A blob really squatch. Now, the big uh, question yeah. here is, until you have this up-close and personal encounter with this Bigfoot-type creature, had you considered this as a possibility before? No. No, it 
was a, a complete surprise, and it, it made it made a lot of other things make sense. So the things that were coming in, rearranging our camp tables, things like that, it, it really made sense. Okay, yeah, I did take hands to do that, and uh, I had a paddle club that would go back there, Northern Arizona Paddle Club and Outdoors, and we'd go back in kayaks and canoes and so forth, and we'd have camps out there for quite a bit of time, and one of my friends, we nicknamed him Captain Canoe, and whenever he would pull his tent up, something would come down while we were out and roll around and dig up the ground and just roll in it wherever his tent was. And I told we called it at the time, it was Ridge Bear. And I said, Ridge Bear's got it for you, man. You, you better be careful. But it wasn't Ridge Bear. It was something else. So someone had quite an attraction to his scent and wanted to get it all over them after he would leave. Kind of a now, spooky proposition. Where did you grow up, JC? Now, are you a fairly recent uh, transplant to the Four Corners area, or where, where did we you actually to, grow up? Uh, we came to Arizona in 1977 when I was uh, 12 or 13. Okay, so so I'm sure over the years you'd heard stories. I mean, it, it's hard to live in this part of the world and not hear occasional stories and and you know, just accounts that are handed down from neighbors to neighbors to you know relatives and stuff in the area. Had had you seen any unusual aerial objects, for instance? Had you heard any stories prior to that? I, had, I had talked to some Native Americans who lived along the uh, Little Colorado outside of Winslow, and they had an incredible track find, and just they walked for miles in uh, the uh, semi sandy, muddy Little Colorado. Well, in the kind gorge of, itself, the little uh, the little Colorado River up around Winslow Holbrook area. There's no big gorges there. It's it's fairly flat. It's pretty flat land. Mm-hmm. You get down by, um, you know, closer to you getting into the Grand Canyon and so forth. Yeah, you you do run into some really deep canyons back that yeah, north way. north of Cameron. Yeah, Cameron area. Oh, it's. Gorgeous over there, too, the little Colorado by Cameron. No, no pun intended, right? No pun intended. So, okay, yeah, so, so what did you do? Just, now, you had this experience. You had this really cool experience. Uh, it was frightening. It was exhilarating. Uh, did you? What did you do? Describe your process um, as a, you know, <laughs> I guess a, a, uh, an investigator, a researcher who's starting out. I mean, uh, give our listeners well, a sense of, really, of what you did. I don't think I really became an investigator at that time. I was very curious about this. We'd made some more trips back there, and we'd had some more experiences. Um, nothing as terrifying as that first encounter. More, more, uh, you know, some rock throwing. The the rock clicking back there is almost a constant, and I, it it made it reminded me. You, you drowned it out like crickets, but you can go around a corner. And you just hear the rocks going off and, you know, one section here and a a different section there and they're just clicking rocks and I could never explain that noise. And then that all kind of like, okay, that made sense. And another night I was there by myself in the far back canyon and I still had snow on either side. So I found a little dry gravel bar to set my camp up on and there was no wood to speak of, and I really couldn't get up into the the, the forest because of the snow and the ice. So I, I was almost no wood at all to, to keep a fire going. And one night I heard like, I thought it sounded like drums and bongos and everything else. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, I'm the only one here for, you know, 20 square miles. 
Those are times where you wish you had a crowd of people around you, huh? Yeah, and, I, and they had a they had a rhythm going on with some hollow logs up there. I mean, they were getting after it. I'm like, what is this all about? And uh, I came out of my tent, and I was listening, and I would hear the the hollow logs and, and booming and banging, and then I would hear like debris coming down the side of the ridge. And I'm like, what is this? It went on for about 20 minutes, and it's probably about 18 degrees that night. I'm not in a big hurry to jump into a canoe and go around and check it out. And finally, the noise stopped, and I went back to my tent. The next morning, I was going by in the canoe, and I was looking up at the ridge trying to figure out what was going on, and I started running into all these uh, logs floating in the water. And I'm like, wow, somebody was making firewood? I'll tell you what, we'll get into the logs and the wood and a lot more with J.C. Johnson, with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. What nutrition are you missing that's leading to the four major diseases? Cancer, arthritis, heart disease, and Parkinson's. There are at least 80,000 medical studies that show a lack of the protein glutathione to be linked to cancer, heart disease, Parkinson's, macular degeneration, lung disease, digestive diseases, diabetes, Alzheimer's, ALS, rheumatoid arthritis, and lupus. In all, at least 68 diseases. What is the number one food by which your body is most empowered to increase its glutathione production? It is undamaged whey protein from grass-fed cows. One World Whey is truly the first undamaged whey protein. All other whey protein powders are damaged by heat, chemicals, and filtration. One World Whey is the most life-giving whey protein powder ever produced. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. What happened, man? You used to be energetic, happy, and wow, did the ladies love you. Now, you fall asleep on the couch, irritable, and out of shape. Don't be that guy. Call now for a risk-free trial of Ageless Male, a natural supplement shown to raise testosterone by 50% and maintain healthy, normal levels. No injections, no appointments. With healthy testosterone levels, you can feel that energy again, that great outlook again, and yes, even a healthy sex drive. 
Right now, you can try Ageless Male risk-free. There's nothing to lose, guys. If you're a man who's noticed changes in your body, your mood, your sex life, call now for a risk-free trial of Ageless Male. Be the guy you used to be. Just call 1-888-246-0623. Don't wait another day. Just call 1-888-246-0623. Again, 1-888-246-0623. Whatever winter activity you enjoy, from snowmobiling, snowshoeing, skiing, or camping, there's inherent danger that you may find yourself having to stay warm. Be ready with InstaFire, a revolutionary, safe, simple, and versatile fire starter. InstaFire is a patented blend of volcanic rock, wood pellets, and paraffin wax that gets a fire blazing in just minutes. InstaFire is self-sustaining fire that starts right on top of snow or water and even burns wet wood. Sound incredible? It is. Check it out at InstaFire.com, a must for any outdoor or winter activity. Instafire easily lights with matches or flintlock lighters, is environmentally friendly, stores easy, is lightweight, comes in a variety of sizes, and starts at a buck twenty-five for a single pack or only fifty-nine ninety-five for a five-gallon pail with free shipping. Go to instafire.com, spelled I-N-S-T-A Fire.com, or call 888-482-4868. That's 888-482-4868. Safe, simple, versatile. Instafire. author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. I'll tell you what, I don't know, J.C. Johnson, if I want to go on one of these outings with you. You never know what you're going to find, because I'm going to ask you Sign me up. (laughs) Well, you know, Chris is crazy. He'll go out there anytime, you know. know. Well, you haven't heard anything yet. Well, that's what I want to ask. Okay, so (laughs) they're playing around with the logs, okay? That's what you're telling us so far. Yeah, so, so the next morning, I'm going by looking up at the ridge where all that noise came from, and my canoe starts hitting these logs floating in the water. And I'm like, wow, somebody was making firewood? What's going on? So I started picking them up out of the water, and I, I loaded them all in my canoe. And then I got up on the shore, and I was going to lay them out so the sun could dry them, and I could use them for firewood later. Now, the deal is it was green wood. It was about four inches in diameter, pretty pretty stout. And I started putting the limbs, trees, back together on the shore. They've been twist, broke, apart. You would have to be Hercules to twist, break these green logs. Impossible. I mean, humanly impossible. And I I started reassembling these logs up on the shore. And that was kind of freaky. But, I, you know, I left them out there. The sun dried them all day. I went off and fished, and I came back to the camp, and I picked the logs up on the way, and I just kind of looked up at the ridge, and I said, thanks, Blue Ridge Banshee. Thank you. And, you know, I carted the wood off, and I, you know, I used it for my fire. But, I, you know, that was really freaky to me how strong something would have to be to twist this wood apart. Well, just, you wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of that particular no. thing. No. 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 Okay, now you were saying there you ain't heard nothing yet. Well, we leave we leave uh my daughter, she's a half Navajo and I hadn't seen her for some years. And there was something that happened with the communication kind of a long story. And she found me online and she was looking at some outdoor page or something of that nature. Oh, that's my dad. 
and I got back in contact with her and then her mother, which we were, you know, we weren't together. And I was packing up out of Flagstaff. I was leaving, selling everything. And they were living in a little rock house up on the reservation with no furniture, nothing. And I said, you know what? I, I'll just drop off all my furniture. I think I think I was going off to Idaho to be a, a river guide or something. I really didn't know what I was going to do. But uh, uh, I came up, got with my daughter again, enjoyed her again. And then about that same time, some people who had been suing Navajo Dam about the releases won. And Navajo Dam had to guarantee 500 cubic feet per second of water coming out of the dam for downriver through the reservation all the way to Lake Powell. And I'm like, wow, that changes a lot of things. You've got guaranteed flow almost year-round, plus all the runoff and everything else. So I started exploring this river um, from Shiprock down to Montezuma Creek, quite a few miles, and it's the non-commercial sections. And eventually, we put together a little river company uh, called Crazy Canyon Tours through the tribe. And I brought one of my friends up from uh, the Verde Valley to help me run it. I used to run the Verde a lot, especially the wild and scenic section down there below uh, Beasley Flat. I'm sure Chris is familiar with that area. To make it more descriptive to our listeners who would like to visit this area so long as they are not attacked by Sasquatch. <laughs> oh, so many amazing stories off the Verde, too. We, we ran into phenomena down there over the years that uh, I can explain now later. Just amazing things. Well, um, you know, let's go into some other cases and phenomena. But one thing that Chris was mentioning to me that you once saw a gigantic snake, and I was thinking of this movie Anaconda with John Voight, and I forget who else was in it. Jennifer Lopez, I bet, was in that movie. And we think of this 40-foot snake or something, but you saw something like that in reality, right? Yeah, we had, uh, this is back with the uh, river tours, and we were doing a day trip for some folks, and my ex-wife was guiding with me, and my, my partner up from the Verde Valley was up here. He was running sweep, I was running point, pretty much, and my ex-wife comes paddling up on me, and she says, there's a snake chasing me, and I stuck my hand in the water. It's early March, maybe 65 degrees out. The water is about 37 degrees. Really said, cold. You know, I said, there's no, there's no native water snakes to the San Juan Basin, dear. Uh, she said, it was a snake. And I said, come on up. So we beached the uh, kayaks a little bit. And I saw the nostrils coming through the water. Then they dived. And I go, you know, that could have been a beaver. It could have been an otter. She goes, it was a snake. And I'm like, okay. So I light up a cigarette. And her arm is hanging over the side of her kayak. His head must have been right there in between our two boats because he dived. And when he dived, an 18-inch coil came up out of the water and slimed her arm. And that's when I was like, snake! And we got all these... No, wait a minute. Now, you said 18-inch. You're talking length or diameter? 18-inch around. Yikes. And kind of a a black snake, black... I don't want to say python or anaconda markings. It's probably something I really haven't uh, seen before. But some type of pattern on the snake. I really can't, you know, it, it's similar to like a python or, you know, that, that type of marking. You know, you're thinking, well, it's a repatriated python or, or somebody let one of their pets loose and it's down here. They Not couldn't in make 38, the, they, no. 40 degree water. Yeah. And this thing seemed to be impervious to the cold water. 
So right away, I went and started studying and looking everything up, and I, you know, there, there's no native water snakes to the San Juan Basin. No such thing. Uh, rattlesnake will cross the water. They don't like it. Bull snake will cross the water. They don't work the water. They don't dive. They don't swim under the water and catch prey, beaver, fish, like water snakes can and do. So, I, you know, this went on, and it was probably a, a couple years later, I was following up on an interview with a with a gentleman who had been hauling uh, water over by Gubernador in a big 18-wheeler, and a Sasquatch came and shook his whole rig and shook him up and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I was just kind of following up on that. And he started telling me about the swamp down by Hogback off the, off the San Juan River. And I'm like, I've run every inch of this river almost swamp. There are no naturally occurring swamps. You might get a, a few feet of swampy areas and so forth, but as far as a swamp swamp, forget it. Well, back in 2007, I did run into a, a retaining wall the tribe had put up, and they back up the water for irrigation, and there's about a 600-acre swamp down there. What this gentleman relayed to me, he was hanging out by the last liquor store for 100 miles, him and his buddies, <laughs> camping <laughs> down by the river. There's a clue there for you, listeners. Yeah, and uh, on, on two occasions, they got up in the morning, and one of their friends was gone. And all they saw was a big pathway swath leaving the area. And when, when the second guy was gone in the morning, they followed the swath. My witness, when he saw this thing swimming in about four feet of water, he dropped his six-pack, and he'd been sober ever since. And I thought about this. How big would you have to be to ingest a human being and leave the area? We see the 25, 28-foot pythons they take a, they take a sheep, they're bloated, they're stuck there for a while. Yeah, they can't move. How big would you have to be to ingest a human and leave the area? Probably seventy to a hundred feet long. I've got reports of people bumping into these things on the road. The girth of the snake comes up to the bumper on a raised four by four. They turned around, left the road, and tried to get around it on another little two track road. There's the tail across the road they're estimating from the tail and assuming its head was down near the river they're estimating it at over 100 feet long but that's that's beyond any sort of record i think the record for an anaconda is what about is under 50 feet i mean there's there's some evidence that they can get possibly as big as 60 feet but to be in a desert desert like or semi arid desert environment and to be so large, it would be almost impossible for something like that to remain hidden. It's almost like we're talking about some sort of paranormal uh, creature. I mean, I, it, it, it's it's even beyond the realm of, of crypto in my mind. I mean, how could something that big survive in the high mountain desert area? It's it, it, help me out here, JC. I, I'm thinking that whatever this is is warm blooded. Is warm blooded. And I think it's it's indigenous wow. to the area. I don't think it's paranormal. Not the snake end of it. Too many sightings, too many people, too many sheep herders telling us stories about wrestling with a snake that's got their sheep in its mouth. And two or three guys trying to pull the sheep out, and the snake wins and rolls back down into the water with Dang, the sheep. You know, I, I mean, There's too many stories about these things gathering calories, obviously... A hundred foot snake could probably ingest a human about like a field mouse, I guess. You know, it wouldn't be that big of a deal to ingest a human and leave the area. Well, you know, we don't want to 
hear about that. That's the worst horror movie of all. From J.C. Johnson. Wow, I don't want to be on those trips when those creatures are afoot. You're listening to Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, and Investment advisors want to talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, so basically Chris O'Brien's taking on his cryptozoological voice, getting deeper and deeper as we think about the strange creatures. Now, we have people in our forums, J.C. Johnson, who are skeptical about the reality of a lot of strange things, so they're going to demand evidence. So to start with anything, all this stuff is going on. What about photographic evidence? Nothing so far as um, you could go with the snake. I do have a YouTube video, Crypto Four Corners, C-R-Y-P-T-O-F-O-U-R-C-O-R-N-E-R-S, Crypto Four Corners channel on YouTube. And we do have a, a witness. Uh, we leave our vehicles. He's out in the middle of nowhere. He's over by the Four Corners National Monument out in the sticks a little bit. We leave our vehicles there sometimes for two or three days on these river trips until we can come back and retrieve the vehicles. And he came down one day on, uh, I think it was uh, July the 7th, 2007, the 777 trip. I was with uh, Manny Wheeler from the Herd Museum and, and some other good friends I just met that we had a great time down there. But he started telling me about a 30 to 40 foot snake on the opposite bank of the river that his sons saw out sunning itself. So, you know, another eyewitness account there. And I've got him, you know, I've taped him. And I've probably, you know, I've probably got some snake trails I could attribute to some, maybe something 15 feet long, not that big. But the thing is, we've seen these black snakes come up out of the water, smaller ones. And it kind of scare you because the head pops up out of the water and they look like, you know, a sea serpent. <laughs> and they look at you and then they go back in the water. So, you know, I don't have to catch one of these leviathons. I can catch a smaller one of these snakes. Well, that, that would turn, that would turn uh, scientists on their ear because there are no large, um, you know, snakes in, in, in the high mountain desert areas. 
I mean, timber rattler is about as big as you're going to get. They may get 10 feet, but I've seen one eight feet. It's, it's probably the most terrified I've ever been in my life. I almost stepped on one. So there are large rattlers, uh, pit vipers, but what you're describing is, is so off the charts in terms yeah. of scientific uh, believability. I mean, your average uh, you know, biologist would say, you're crazy. There's not, there could never be something like that. Yeah, and even a, so like, you know, a, a rock python, if a rock python wintered here, he would get up, up under the bank. And a rock python might make it here the winter, but I, I really can't see a cold-blooded creature using the water the way these, these snakes are. In the wintertime and so forth, it just, it, it, it's unfathomable, something cold-blooded to be in near-freezing water temperatures and be able to move around and navigate. You know, it, it makes me scratch my head, too, believe me. Hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I thought maybe, you know, those poor sheep herders out there, they would have, you know, enough on their hands uh, dealing with, you know, possible sheep rustlers and stuff. But to have to wrestle with a 40, 50, 60-foot snake because it's trying to make a meal out of one of your sheep, that would be pretty scary and... I'm sure on especially on the Navajo reservation that that would be something that would freak the neighborhood out big time. You know, I was talking with another gentleman. One was caught a black snake was caught in an irrigation pipe, a, a very large irrigation pipe, and he said the head was probably two feet across, and it was stuck in the pipe. And he went home to get his shotgun. And he was going to dispatch this thing and, and drag it out of the pipe because he could he could tell it was stuck. When he got back, it, it was already gone, so it must have gotten out, dropped into the irrigation water, and took off. We've had some mysterious deaths in some of the irrigation channels on the reservation where people have just been pulled down by something, and they disappear. That sounds like uh, a horror there, movie. Exactly. Yeah. Are there any traditional uh, legends, myths, stories uh, on the res? I personally have never heard any sort of. The, um, the Hopi used to have. I a mean, snake. Palulu Kang. Palulu Kang is is a Hopi version of yeah. this uh, that that may be related. But uh, why don't you give us some uh, more of a, a prehistorical uh, sense of how the natives view these things? They stay away from them. Typically, the snake is not a good thing in Native American lore. In fact, most of them aren't supposed to have them for pets or anything of that nature. Um, there's there's big taboo with snakes, but yeah, I was probably just going to share some of the Hopi stories of the giant snakes, and they still have giant snakes up there. They won't let you see. They won't share with science that they feed and use in ceremonies. Wow. But uh, there was one that they fed babies. Oh man! Yeah, and I, I heard the story, and then a rancher came across a swath in the snow about three feet wide, and he followed it for some miles. And he was pretty convinced that it was one of those snakes that had gotten away or had been turned loose. That's, Leonard, that's, that's, Leonard, that's spooky. Leonard Dan has a contact with the Laguna Pueblo people, Chief Dan, Leonard Dan. He's Navajo elder, known him for about 20 years, married in with, with uh, his stepdaughter, 20-some years ago, so we're not married anymore, but I've known him that long, and I've got to travel the country with him. He could uh, he could track a cricket through the snowstorm. He's just amazing tracker and amazing knowledge and wisdom. But he was talking with a rancher over by Laguna Pueblo, where two of the riders over a period of time did not come back that were out working the cattle and such, and all they found 
was some of the horse tack and saddles, and they said they looked like they'd passed through acid. The story goes, he finally trailed this thing, and he went and got a bunch of help from his family to kill it, but it was some type of snake in the 100-foot variety, and it had taken horse and rider. I hear this, you know, I'm thinking here, all this stuff is going on, people are getting killed, why isn't the scientific community coming over and investigating and figuring out what is going on? I I think all we can do is make the best case for what's going on out here, and we've probably got well over 30 videos up on the YouTube with different investigations, different genres, and things like that. We're just making a good case for what we're doing here. Now, do you? That, a lot of this stuff never makes it off the res. It, it, no, Native Chris, American you know, reservations. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so good. You know, oh, yeah. I was I was watching uh, Chris on a video. I I, I think he uh, got taped about the same time I was taped up there at the uh, Dulce conference. But you know, I remember Chris talking about. I'd like to write a book about skinwalkers. You just something about skinwalkers. I can't get anybody to talk. You know, and and with our uh, documentary. Navajo skinwalkers and legends. We we do have quite a few on cameras with people and talking about the genre and what they saw. Well, that's that a whole other really interesting. Yeah, that brings up a really interesting sort of uh, topic here. Let's talk about skinwalkers a little bit first. Why don't you uh, go ahead for our audience and define what a traditional skinwalker is, and then and then look at how this particular term has been kind of morphed into the modern era. And describe uh, a couple of your cases. I mean, this is fascinating material, and not for the faint of heart, I must uh, add. The skinwalker, in we'll go back with the Diné, the Navajo. Once upon a time, the skinwalker worked with the Diné, the Navajo. They would take a shape and go spy on the conquistadors, the Spanish. Take a shape, meaning they were shapeshifters. Yes. Okay. Yes. So they could basically turn themselves into anyone or anything. Um, I think they're limited on that, and I think it's their study, their case study of whatever whatever it is they want to emulate, whatever animal they want to emulate. I think they're somewhat limited. I don't think you could go from a grizzly bear to an elk to a coyote. I don't. I don't think they have that ability. I could be mistaken, but they would spy in the cavalry also and come back and and tell. What was going on, what they understood, where the attack was going to be, things like that. They used to work with the Diné, the Navajo. When we go to Fort Sumner, when the Navajos are all rounded up and incarcerated, the ones they could catch and capture, they learned the white man ways. In fact, you know, your traditional blue velvet dressing of the Navajo isn't their tradition. It's the color of the cavalry, and that's <laughs> you see them dressing like that with that blue color they got that from the calvary the skinwalkers being defined explained by jc johnson you're listening to gene and chris you're in the paracast (laughs) 
So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It just stopped responding. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Check it out. iWeb.com. That's iWeb.com. Fake Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fake Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fakemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. When making important financial decisions, you should always know the facts. That's why Midas Resources is willing to pay you to read the facts. Midas Resources, a team of hand-picked financial specialists with decades of financial experience who are ready to provide you with state-of-the-art up-to-date financial services. Midas Resources offers a host of services and stands behind their products. In fact, if you call and order their free Midas report, Midas Resources will pay you. This detailed report will provide you with financial history on the safest and most profitable areas to invest in. If you read the report, Midas Resources will send you a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. So what are you waiting for? Get the facts and call Midas Resources toll-free at 888-292-2709. That's 888-292-2709. And remember, if you read the Midas report, you'll receive a free Walking Liberty Silver Half Dollar. Solar power. Solar power. Hand crank power. Hand crank power. Radio power. Radio power. The goods you want, the good deals you need to power up your survival are at 21stCenturyGoods.com. In our solar department, you'll find solar generator kits, solar lanterns, flashlights, radios, and solar cell phone and laptop chargers. 21stCenturyGoods.com is your hand crank headquarters for everything from generators to flashlights to emergency, weather, and shortwave radios by Grundig and Cato. Big brand names and big deals like this. Get a free solar flashlight with every order over $75. But hurry, offer ends soon. Go to 21stCenturyGoods.com, spelled the number two, the number one, S-T-CenturyGoods.com. That's 21stCenturyGoods.com or call 866-999-8422. 21stCenturyGoods.com. Power up your survival. With the economic bad news getting worse each day, are you ready for the hard times ahead? This is Alex Jones with a special self-reliance report. I've said on this program before that studies show that in a true crisis, 8 out of 10 people will remain sheep-like and passive, frozen like deer in headlights of an oncoming car, waiting for others for help. 1 out of 10 will actually panic and endanger family and friends as they melt down. And only one out of ten will take swift and decisive action when the going gets tough, dramatically increasing their chances of survival. Folks, I've just read a new book called Ready for Anything. It's a must-read for anyone who wants to increase their chances of survival in the coming hard times ahead. To read more about this important new book, go to readyforanythingmanual.com. That's readyforanythingmanual.com. I've got my copy. Get yours today at readyforanythingmanual.com. That's ready for anything, manual.com. We'd like to hear from you. 
If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. We're looking, searching for skinwalkers with J.C. Johnson, with Gene and Chris on the Paracast. J.C., please continue your description. Oh, the incarceration is where they came up with their love for silver and things like that because they saw the buttons on the cavalry uniforms and a lot of the cavalry men wore silver and things like that. And you know they came away with some really bad habits from their incarceration. They came to know the white man's flour, <laughs> the white man's coffee and things like that. You know, they wanted these things once they were uh, set free and they went back to their home place. They'd also learned what possessions were. They also learned what property was and things like that, and where they didn't have that need before. Everything belonged to all of them, and they all shared it. They get it back, sounds they get, like, I'm going to be funny about this, it sounds like they were communists. Probably more along the lines of socialism, I would, okay. I would say. Okay. But uh, they all worked together. They got the food up for the winter to get through a hard winter. I mean, they all had to work together out of necessity. When they get back, they go back to their tribal lands. They're all a lot of different sections of land. And they start running sheep where they can. They run cattle and so forth. They've learned jealousy. Uh, perhaps your neighbor's doing a lot better with his sheep and cattle than you are. Well, skinwalkers still around. The ones who knew how to do it, they're still around. But they aren't really in the mind to help anybody. They're used to go out and curse people. They're used to go out and frighten people and kill people because they'd learned the white man ways. Where skinwalker used to help the Diné, the Navajo, skinwalker becomes an instrument of evil for hire. It's like a supernatural hitman. Yeah. With the bones, with projectile magic and the corpse powder. Yeah. So what what happens? Let's talk about modern day. I want to join this exclusive club for whatever reason. I have to bring in someone near and dear to me, perhaps a sibling, a brother, a sister, a mother, a grandmother, someone that's near and dear that I love dearly, and they're going to be sacrificed. Then we're going to dine on some of the softer tissues of the body, there will be some elders who will probably practice some necrophilia if they find the corpse pleasing enough. And then from there, we're going to make potions and powders and everything else out of the sacrifice I've brought in. From there, I'm going to apprentice with an elder, and I'm going to start to wear the hide of the animal that suits me or the animal I'm going to emulate. And eventually, with enough evil and cooperation... Are you describing like a, a medicine society? So in other words, this is a... This is a, I would say, secret probably, a secret society of witches basically is what you're describing. Very diabolical, yes. Very diabolical. So as you apprentice, eventually there's a transition. At some point in time, you're actually probably able to emulate whatever you're trying to be. Probably 80 or 90 percent, maybe a little bit better than that. Typically what I've investigated out here, almost 90 percent of what I run into And the reason we went out on all this stuff is because when we decided we were going to go after this, especially when I relocated to the Four Corners area, we followed up on every sighting. A lot of times, a skinwalker sighting with 
Masana and Che, the grandmother, grandfather type, you know, everything is Yezo, Miezo, Yana, Kluishi, whatever. We followed up on everything, no matter what it was. We followed up on it. And the more I found out about Skinwalker, and like I said, I've been with the Diné Navajo over 20 years. I've had my fair share of, of uh, diet of what these are, and it's not something I really paid a lot of attention to. I mean, this is culture. This is blah, blah, blah. You know, the more we found out about what it was really all about, and 90% of the people I work with in my crew out here are Native American, and they all agree that homicide, necrophilia, cannibalism, and child abuse have no place in any culture. So it's not a culture thing, and I'm not going to regard it as such. This is just pure, unadulterated evil. I've seen it destroy entire clans of Navajo. I've seen it destroy families of Navajo. Once you're in this club, you need to go out and turn all your immediate relation into this club. And they need to become a part of it, or eventually they become a sacrifice or die of mysterious causes, car accidents, things like that, heart attacks. They've got powders that give you a heart attack. They've got powders that make your throat just shut and you suffocate. You die. There's really nasty, nasty stuff. Boy, it's kind of tough to follow up on that. Well, one thing that I've I've discovered, JC, in, in, in my research is that if there is one subject that is the most taboo subject uh, with the Diné, uh, Apache and Navajo, uh, for that matter, it would be the subject of skinwalkers. And I, I've also discovered what I feel are accounts of wannabe skinwalkers who palm themselves off as the real thing being used uh, to, you know, create mischief uh, among enemies of uh, the particular person that hires them. That okay, sort of so thing. wannabes but, are just regular people who pretend to be paranormal people. Exactly. But one thing that, that I think separates the, the wannabe types with the real thing is that alleged ability to shapeshift. And, and I think this is one of the key things that actually uh, inspired me to, to do all the research that went into uh, my book on the trickster. And uh, these are trickster-type forms, and they allegedly are able to um, – they do have this uh, fantastic ability of shape-shifting, uh, even to, into balls of light. Um, it, it depends on which particular Pueblo you go to. In the, on the Rio Grande, for instance, there's, there's kind of a variation that ebbs and flows up the Rio Grande. But the, the purest tradition of this, uh, which JC has been describing, is the Diné tradition and the Apache tradition. And uh, why don't you describe to us some of the cases that uh, you've actually gone out on? Uh, your documentary, I think, is a must-see for anybody interested in this subject. Uh, and uh, describe some of the the more prevalent types of encounters that people driving through the res, for instance, would, would, would have uh, just an incidental, coincidental uh, encounter with a, a, a form like this, a black magician-type form. Once again, I like I said, probably... Almost everything I've investigated is, is a wolfen-type creature that walks upright, as in something akin to a werewolf. Only these are something different because we do look into the weir. <laughs> the weir is a Caucasian thing, almost exclusively a Caucasian thing, as in werewolf. That's another story. All right, that's an interesting question here. Why only white werewolves? Why not black or Asian werewolves? Well, I'm sure that's the possibilities, too, but it's been our experience. We uh, found a weir track on the reservation a few years back, 
And it just really struck me funny. Well, what are they doing out here? <laughs> and, and the skinwalker avoid the weir. They don't have anything to do with them. They're all evil. I mean, they can probably get together and sit down with some at an evil bar somewhere. I don't know, but, you know. <laughs> evil they, bar. You know, I want to tell you something before we go on. I'm listening to this discussion about all these creatures, and I'm thinking the TV show True Blood. <laughs> you know, with, because all these creatures are just part of the environment. You don't think about them. Of course, in True Blood, you have vampires and werewolves and shapeshifters and heaven knows what. Heaven knows what kind of creature we're going to be exposed to next with J.C. Johnson, with Gene and Chris on The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes... The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Iodine protection packs from HempUSA.org are now in stock for immediate delivery worldwide. Our iodine protection packs include micro plant powder, green life kelp, red palm oil, and our clear roll-on iodine that will feed the body the iodine it needs. All iodine protection packs are in stock. Save you money and ship for free in all 50 states. Visit HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. HempUSA.org has a revolutionary wonder food for detoxing the body and rebuilding the immune system. Microplant powder can help unclog arteries and soften heart valves while removing heavy metals, virus, fungus, bacteria, and parasites. Plus, it cleans and purifies the blood, lungs, stomach, and colon. Keep your body clean with Microplant powder. Visit us at HempUSA.org or call 908-691-2608 today. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget, CrossbreedHolsters.com. That's the sound of your door being kicked in by an intruder with a single kick. That's the sound of the same door now protected by the Door Sentinel at MySafeDoor.com. Go to MySafeDoor.com right now and watch the amazing video. At MySafeDoor.com, you'll learn how to turn your home into a fortress with the Door Sentinel. 16 kicks later, and the Door Sentinel is still holding strong. MySafeDoor.com. That's MySafeDoor.com. 
positive results from satisfied customers of Heart and Body Extract continue to pour into our website, hbextract.com. This is Al from New Jersey. One day I saw your ad for Heart and Body Extract, and it mentioned that it would help me with angina, so I decided to order. I figure I had nothing to lose. Heart and Body Extract supplies your body with everything it needs to balance itself and maintain optimal heart and circulatory health with no negative side effects. I took the formula three times a day as directed, and I kid you not, within four days, my angina pain was completely gone. Order HB Extract by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. I could not believe it actually stopped the pain. Heart and Body Extract actually works. This is just an amazing product. Even the numbness in my hands is completely gone. Heart and Body Extract for a long and healthy life. Hi, this is Clifford Cliff, the International Director for the Mutual UFO Network. You are listening to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. We are not doing the show when the full moon is bright, but you kind of wonder. Fortunately. Yes. What? I'm sitting here getting creeped out just sitting here at my desk, Sarah Jean. Well, I am just sitting here relaxing in our studio, hoping that I won't turn around and see something watching. Okay, now, in terms of a skinwalker, tell me, J.C. Johnson... Does it have a native shape? Is there a specific shape that it will go back to or start with? You know, interviewing people and so forth who have had encounters and used uh, firearms when they were in a physical form and pursued these things, the wolf prints turn into human footprints in the sand. And a lot of times they've tracked them down to a hogan they've gone to to take shelter in or their home place, and they become a person again. This is a concern of ours. <laughs> if, you know, if you're really careful what you shoot out there, you know, you don't know if it's going to turn back into a person. And the other and question time, would be, when kind of you talk to a person, how do you know it's not one of them? Exactly. And you know, that's why Chief Dan, uh, yeah. Leonard Dan, it's like, be careful in a crowd. They'll go throw this powder on you or they'll put it on your popcorn let's say you're walking around no, or, in or a they'll, they'll go out where you where you've taken a leak out in the sand or or uh, that's why navajo never leave their shoes outside of the hogan there's a whole cultural system of protection that has developed over the eons uh, many generations where there's certain things that a skinwalker if it gathers uh you know nail clippings hair uh, cuttings um, you know, residue from inside your shoes, for instance. These are things that a skinwalker in the tradition are able to utilize. And so uh, the Navajo are very, very careful about this. And I've, I've mentioned okay, this on the explain show Explain to me, Chris, how do they utilize this? What do they do with that stuff? It's a form of sympathetic magic, uh, in a sense. It, a skinwalker requires, uh, I th- from my limited knowledge, uh, JC knows a lot more about this, so I would love to hear your comments, JC, on this. But from what I gather, the easiest and most direct way for a skinwalker to, you know, do whatever task it is that they've been hired for, or whatever task it is that they're trying to accomplish, is to gather actual genetic material from a victim, and then that way they can they can do this form of of very intense sympathetic magic, I think, for lack of a better term. Uh, JC, you've heard that too, I'm sure. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The problem we've got with, and I don't know, um, when Ron James did that production, Mysterious Creatures of the Southwest, right. um, you guys were, were great about letting me uh, share without being edited on the Skinwalker, and I, I appreciate that. Sympathetic magic, I don't know. And I, I've seen a lot of psychosomatic things happen to people also. That worries me. I, I think the thing that worries me most is when they take on a shape that can be a destructive shape. We've got a nine-foot-tall wolfen individual. He could rip that door off and go inside and get those kids. He could he crash through the window and go and get those kids. If you remember, um, I think it was Emily, when she was uh, maybe seven or eight, and her younger cousins and siblings there in the home, and they were home alone, this thing's standing right outside the door, and it's trying to hypnotize her niece to open the door. Invite me in. Invite me in. That's what's going on with that. But they can't come in. They can't just bash the door down. There's divine protection, I believe, in a lot of cases where they have to well, be invited. Well, it's like a vampire. You have to, exactly. you can only, a vampire can only get in your house if you invite them in is, is the old folkloric tradition. Exactly. But, uh, another thing, they'll, they'll break glass all around the outside of their hogan uh, as like an early warning system, so that if they hear the crunching glass, that they'll they'll be alerted to the presence of something that shouldn't be there. But but skinwalkers also the ability that I find most disturbing, this alleged ability of these um, dark adepts, as I call them, because they are they are like black magicians basically. I think in the if you had to boil it down to a particular Agreed. definition. Um, the ability to lock eyes with an individual and then jump into them and take totally take over their motor skills, so the person is totally conscious, but something else is making them walk, making them talk, making them go places, making them do things. This is a th this to me would be the most horrific thing. And and you know I, I spend a lot of time, uh, you know when I do my tours up to Grand Canyon, I, I spend time at the Cameron Trading Post uh, routinely. Um, Hundreds and hundreds of times I've been there, and when I was researching my chapter on skinwalkers, I happened to ask one of the uh, one of the young uh, Dene uh, guys that was there um, if he, you know, if I could uh, talk to him about a Kachina doll that they had in their gallery that was of a skinwalker. And that guy, if I walk, <laughs> he will not. If he sees me, he will go the other way now. I mean, for five years, I've watched him avoid me. Every time I, I come around, he will not look me in the eye. I mean, he's, he's like deathly afraid of me just because I asked about it. And then I found out from one of the other workers there that he was actually in training as a, an apprentice medicine uh, society trainee. And that uh, that was a, the worst thing that I ever could have said to him or even mentioned to him. Oh, he wow. says he would never, ever – He'd talk to you again. He'll he'll avoid you. And this guy works in retail, so <laughs> you know uh, it gives you a, an insight into how superstitious and how uh, very very I don't I don't know what the term is paranoid I guess for a better uh, lack of a better term they're, they're very paranoid up there about these particular forms. You know I I wouldn't know where else to take the conversation uh, in in this uh, regard, Gene. But uh, we've got a lot of other. <laughs> The ground to cover. I'm getting creeped out just thinking about it myself. But I'll tell you what. A lot of our listeners hear our show in the middle of the night with their headsets on their iPads, iPhones, iPods, and this is going to creep out a lot of people. But you know what? 
we're going to have to do it. If there are such creatures as skinwalkers and Bigfoot and big snakes running around loose, we have to talk about it. So are we safe, J.C., if we're in the big city? Here's what uh, Leonard Dan brought up, too, is uh, some very wealthy people are paying shamans to come and show them how to do this. And his concern, these are Caucasian people, his concern is what if Al-Qaeda gets the ability to be invisible and goes into a facility? What if Al-Qaeda, you know, that's Leonard talking. But, I mean, the mere fact is people are paying to learn how to do this. And Oh, man, that's scary. They, well, you know, they're Donald Rumsfeld has a house in... Donald Rumsfeld has a house in Taos. Could you imagine him getting trained to be a skinwalker? That, that's Ooh. frightening. Or Dick Cheney. Okay, so I'm asking here. You're not born a skinwalker. You can become one? You become one. Oh. You become Yeah, you're trained. You, it's you, a uh, training. Oh, number boy. one, you, you bring in that near and dear sacrifice, and they are killed. And they kill people all the time. All the time. They are sent out to do evil all the time. They do not benefit the Diné, and there's hardly any good medicine left out here. Um, back when we used to heal with herbs and things from, from God's green earth or God's dusty earth, whatever the case, we're not practicing good medicine anymore. We're paying to have curses lifted, and we're being paid to curse people. That's the medicine out here, and it's it's disgusting. I've known some good yeah. medicine people. They're all dead. I, I think the last good medicine man got thrown out of the back of a pickup truck not far from Cameron back in the mid-90s. They killed him. He he got paid in chickens. Oh, you know, <laughs> you paid him whatever you could, but he came in with herbs and natural healing things like a medicine man's supposed to do. What it's come down to now is curses, 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 this, that, hexes, stuff like that. There's hardly any good medicine anywhere, anymore. Yeah, on the res, of course, we got yeah. to qualify that. Um, and, and this, again, uh, Gene, we do have to remember that the Diné people, the Apache and Navajo, are very superstitious. I mean, we're talking uh, deeply ingrained uh, fear and mistrust of strangers. Um, this is something that has been building for generations in terms of, of the, you know, the traditional knowledge being passed along and it, it, it gaining power. I'll the very tell you fact what, that these people we have believe in this is we powerful. Have to, we have to accept the power of our sponsors. We're talking to J.C. Johnson with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to 
see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. Hi, this is Alex Jones. This holiday season, more than half of our nation is in need of help due to the shattered economy. So now is the time to express the holiday spirit more than ever. Consider helping those you love with the most important gift, a supply of delicious, easy to fix, and very storable foods from eFoodsDirect.com. Their holiday gift and family pack start at $99 for a 16-day supply. All their five-week supply of quick and easy-to-fix meals includes a personal backpack in case of a grab-and-go emergency. Order their combo gift pack, and you'll save hundreds, plus get free shipping on your entire order. Call eFoods today at 800-409-5633 or visit them online at eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex to find the special. That's 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com forward slash Alex. You can bet your life on eFoodsDirect. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver, that's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338, utopiasilver.com, taking back America's health care one American at a time. What happened, man? You used to be energetic, happy, and wow, did the ladies love you. Now, you fall asleep on the couch, irritable, and out of shape. Don't be that guy. Call now for a risk-free trial of Ageless Male, a natural supplement shown to raise testosterone by 50% and maintain healthy, normal levels. No injections, no appointments. With healthy testosterone levels, you can feel that energy again, that great outlook again, and yes, even a healthy sex drive. Right now, you can try Ageless Male risk-free. There's nothing to lose, guys. If you're a man who's noticed changes in your body, your mood, your sex life, call now for a risk-free trial of Ageless Male. Be the guy you used to be. Just call 1-888-246-0623. Don't wait another day. Just call 1-888-246-0623. Again, 1-888-246-0623. Hi, this is Ted Phillips listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. Has Chris been possessed by something? What is he becoming? (laughs) I don't know what I'm becoming, but that's another story. You're in the Paracast. We're talking to J.C. Johnson. He's an outdoorsman. We're exploring strange creatures, strange and terrifying creatures. Tell us more, Chris. 
Well, JC, I, I last time I, I really had an extended conversation with you was about three weeks ago, and I recently was up in Utah in the Uinta Basin helping out a film production company to do a shoot around the Sherman Ranch there, the Skinwalker Ranch uh, <laughs> case. While I was up there, we had two reports come into Moab, Utah, to um, a friend of, of, of mine, Ron Regera. I think you've met him as well, who runs an RV park there. And two unrelated reports came in of a small bipedal, uh, what was described as like a miniature Allosaurus or a Camptosaurus. Let's talk about these, these other reptile forms that have been reported uh, in the Four Corners area. And this is, I think, going to be news to a lot of people that, that dinosaur-type forms have been uh, actually reported more than, <laughs> than you would suspect. Uh, you would think that somebody would misidentify maybe an iguana or <laughs> some sort of lizard running on, on its back legs or something. But, but, but these are, are different. There's something very... I think interesting here and why don't you give us a little background on your particular investigative work in this area and give us a description of these creatures I, I heard about this several years ago and it was actually from some Caucasian people who had properties up on the Animus River which goes up into Colorado up near Durango Colorado and they were talking about they call them river dinos and uh, they described something of a mini T-Rex three to four feet tall Lots of reports. And then we've, we've also got a few reports off the reservation. We've probably got probably four or five different, and I call them relic reptiles. I'm not going to say the dinosaur word, but we've got probably three or four different entities described on the reservation. Also one that was eyewitnessed by my son with me on a little outing we did in, in Red Valley. But the river dinos look like little mini T-Rexes, three to four feet tall. They probably weigh 100, 150 pounds, and they, they resemble a T-Rex. And they're often seen in packs, three or four or five, six maybe together, hunting in a pack or working in a pack, and, and witnessed pretty regularly by Caucasian people also. So I found this fascinating. There was a gentleman we talked to, I think David Hatcher Childress was talking to him also, about these semi-petrified, semi-fresh examples that were up at the Cortez Museum for several years. They weren't quite fossilized, petrified. There was still some fresh, stinky tissue involved with these creatures. They couldn't have been that old, but they were reminiscent of the mini T-Rex. And I don't know what happened to the specimens. I don't believe this gentleman we were talking to knows either what happened to the specimens. But they weren't that old. This is one issue I'll raise. Do you ever find situations here where people are pulling the wool over your eyes, trying to fool you with something that didn't really happen? Typically, you know, something of that case I would follow up on. And we've got some other stories of the people who have seen these displays that were in the museum that di disappeared some years ago. So something like that I follow up on. I try to get reimburse the accusation. That's <laughs> what I do. And then once again, just all the different sightings of the mini T-Rexes. Firsthand, close accounts. Uh, a young man climbed up a ridge and he saw this tail flapping around. He didn't know what it was. And this thing turned around and looked at him right dead on 
three or four feet tall, and he said it screamed at him, and he ran, and he got on his bicycle and, and got away from it. But, you know, a very physical creature. The uh, creature, we're on the track of something that's bipedal in nature. It leaves a three-toed track that's identical to fossilized prints in the area. The thing is, these tracks are less than a month old, and it had come through when it was wet, and it had to get up this slippery slope. And why I'm, I'm, I'm believing bipedal in nature is the front paws had to come down, and they looked like mittens. So we probably had something with digits that would resemble, you know, a hand on, on a reptilian-type creature. And I think Leonard, our tracker, put the weight at around 16 to 1,800 pounds. And well, we tracked big. this for a while. Yeah. Well, I've got a, a sheep herder out by Newcomb, New Mexico. I don't think he's with us anymore. I think he passed on. But he had the giant lizard out there on his property. He also has fossilized prints on his property. University of New Mexico shows up. They're knocking on his door. They want to go cast these fossilized prints. And they're like, hey, we've got Subway, we've got some water, and sure, you can come with us and watch, and we won't leave a mess, and blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you want to see some fresh ones? And he took them down in the wash. And here's <laughs> these huge, three-toed, fresh prints in the wash. And they're blown away. And they're nearly identical <laughs> to what they're going to go cast. Actually, they're a little bit larger. And he told them, yeah, he comes through, and he takes my sheep. And it wasn't a question of, like, chewing the sheep up and eating it. It's it, a question of tilting the head back and swallowing a sheep. That's the size now, this of this. This is a University of New Mexico scientist? Yes. This is the paleontology department, I believe, as the story was relayed to me. They had come out to cast the fossilized prints. He shows them the uh, what, first. What's the time frame? What's the time frame on this? This would be about four years ago. Interesting. I'll help you do a little digging on that one because I, I have some connections at uh, at the school. Cool. We can dig it up. All so right. they're blown away. Well, Ron, Ron Regera just sent me. Ron Regera just sent me the most amazing petroglyph that's uh, right from your neck of the woods there, uh, JC. And it's it's like a, it's a brontosaurus. Now, why would some paleo man, Folsom man, or I think it may even be older than Folsom man? Why would they do? A perfect depiction of a long-necked sauropod-type dinosaur in in a petroglyph. I mean, I'll, I'll post it, uh, and I'm sure we're going <laughs> to generate quite a thread as a result of this show. And I'll go ahead and post that just so people can see that we even have a prehistory of, you know, a tentative, uh, some, some tentative evidence of some prehistoric sort of, I don't know, depictions of what would be considered long extinct you know, dinosaur-type uh, reptoids. Look at Newspaper Rock out by Holbrook, and there's this great big right. bird with a man in its mouth. It's a pictograph out there. Right. You know, that's, I mean, they're relaying they're relaying stories. So obviously there was a, a bird big enough to pick a man up and put it in his mouth. You, you wonder about this stuff. So science wants to tell well, us that the dinosaurs were gone before man humans came on to planet earth so obviously it's not that way at all in the end which casts went back to the university the fossilized or the fresh 
Well, I want to help you find out that quest, the answer to that question. The fossilized. Yep. And that's when we're dealing with philosophical paleontology. We deal with philosophical humanology. We deal with all kinds of philosophical situations in this line of endeavor, well, I should say. Yeah. So, so basically what they're doing uh, here is they expect, they expect that such creatures do not exist today. Therefore, we'll put up the fossils. We're not going to show evidence that they are here now. Yeah. Well, I have a, a perfect story that illustrates that, Gene. I spoke with a rancher in the northern San Luis Valley who claimed back in the early 80s, if I, without my notes, I'm not sure, it may have been the late 70s, he, um, he went ahead and this rancher was doing some excavation work on his ranch in the northern San Luis Valley. Now, this is an alluvial plain. It's about a million years of you know, erosion coming down from the Sangre de Cristos that, that layers on the edges of the valley and then piles up. And he found in sand, suspended in sand, the bones of a articulated small two-foot to two-and-a-half-foot-tall dinosaur, which he then packed up, gave it to the Museum of Natural History in Denver, who then claimed when he called back to find out what they thought of it, they said, oh, we never got that. And he personally handed, he dropped it off to them. So I'm, I, I tried to get a little headway on this and – of course, Robert Bacher is, uh, at the time, I think, was involved there. The famous uh, paleontologist was involved there um, in, in their collection. And uh, they just totally went into complete denial and said, we never received anything like that. It, it would be physically impossible for him to find you know, the unfossilized remains of a dinosaur in an alluvial plain that's less than a million years old. I'll tell you uh, what, you know. we will be a lot less than a million years old if we don't do this break. And on the other side, we'll explore more creatures, not from outer space, not from other dimensions or any place like that, but from here on Earth. With J.C. Johnson and Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. G-C-N. Great talk radio starts here. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, we have to ask, was Chris O'Brien descended from dinosaurs? Of or, course, we all were, right? Of course, maybe the TV show Terra Nova is all about stuff that's real. 
Well, we're descended from the ones that inherited the planet from the dinosaurs. If you're not into intelligent design or some sort of uh, fundamentalist Christian view of reality. Let's look at some listener questions that we've had. We didn't give much warning to the appearance of J.C. Johnson on the Paracast. Maybe one day. So we got a few questions from our listeners at forum.theparacast.com. Chris, could you assemble a couple? Sure. While we're on the subject, uh, one of our newest uh, members of the forum, Digital Trickster, I guess kind of resemble that remark, uh, is asking about JC. Have you ever seen any of these crypto creatures yourself or had any other paranormal encounters uh, similar to what you described at the top of the show? And also, what is your opinion on dinosaur sightings around the world? And which sightings do you believe may be true? And what is the best evidence to back up these sightings, whether in the Four Corners area or any other world sightings that have occurred? And if you have time, will you also ask JC about the giant snake sightings, which we've already covered? And uh, he says, I can't wait for you guys uh, to do the show. Well, I would have to say with with the furry ones, and I, I reiterate, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, whatever, the words are abused. I I, I like the furry ones better because we've got, just in this area alone, what's along the river does not look like what we see up on the mountains. We have a different shape and body style. Typically down here, what I see, what we run into, I call the scragglies. And it's not being picking on them. They're gankier, lankier. They look more like a Chewbacca without the brown nose. But uh, they look like a Chewbacca-type creature. They're narrower at the shoulders. They don't typically have the six-pack abs or something that we would see with the mountain variety of these creatures. I've probably seen about, over the years, ones that I've named, probably 10 of them with Sasquatch. I've seen the giant snake, or at least a coil from the giant snake. Another thing of interest, we had done a river trip And I took a couple of young men down, and they were in a canoe, and I was in my kayak. And we had great big sand waves going on, which is a phenomenon only known to the Yangtze River in China and the San Juan River in the desert southwest, where sediments build up until you get these waves. And you could have as high as a nine-foot wave in succession. It's very interesting to run these through. There was a small rapid uh, the next day, we'd done a trip down. We camped overnight. There was a sighting in our camp. The Sasquatch came down to party with us. And we had uh, the first report I've ever had of a steel blue eye shine. I, I found that very interesting. The next morning, we were going down, and this first rapid had a huge cluster of sand waves built up on it. And I'm like, you know, if we had some more people down here with us, we'd probably go play in these waves a little bit, but there's just two boats and three of us, and we're a long way from home. We're not going to mess with this. So we backed out. We found a calmer section of river to look up. And when we did look up, here comes this thing the size of a horse. It's got a wolf in face. It's got long ears, very long ears. I, I, I called it donkey dog. And we were watching this thing, and it's it was it walked right up to the mesa that it was on and i got a wonderful look at it and it was absolutely walking on all fours wolfing in appearance and then boom we got sucked down the river <laughs> like 
what the heck was that? And it made two more appearances up on the mesas following us, broad daylight. And we got down where there's some old Anasazi ruins right on the Colorado line. And I said, here's an open area. This thing's following us, curious about us, whatever's going on. Let's let's jump out in this open area, get down in the bushes. Everybody get your cameras out. Maybe he'll break out into the open and we'll get some pictures. Well, he never came out. But, but no. I, I, but no. I don't think it was a skinwalker. when that happens. I don't think it was a skinwalker. It doesn't really sound like don't. one. It sounds to me like a dire wolf. And oh, we have reports of them in the area and reports of some of the settlers. A dire wolf, for our, for our listeners, is a an extinct paleo wolf that was huge. It was like a, a, a megafauna, I think would be the paleo term. A, a wolf that's four or five, six times bigger than the largest wolf that we can find on the planet today. A similar creature is, uh, was spotted and reported by Terry Sherman on the Sherman Ranch, actually on, on a number of occasions. A wolf that was four, over four feet tall, if I remember, uh, at the shoulder. This thing, their their wolf was immune to uh, firearms, pretty much. <laughs> oh, anyway. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah, this well, I think you know. I've I've interviewed people also in the area, and you know the dog man thing and everything else. That's a whole can of worms, but. A very large wolfen-type creature was laying down. A married couple came across it, and it was sleeping. And it woke up, and it looked at them, and then it stood up on two. And it was over eight oh feet tall, eight or nine oh feet tall, and completely wolfen in appearance. And it didn't growl. It just looked at them. They looked back. They were just terrified. He goes down on all fours, and he takes off. But he did stand on two. Kind of like a bear would stand up on two legs and wow. size up a situation. They were under the impression that he probably wasn't really comfortable walking on two legs all the time. You know, it wasn't that type of situation. He preferred the uh, quadruped way to leave the area. Well, how so, about the uh, report from? How about the report from the Sherman Ranch where they saw one of these wolfman type creatures smoking a cigarette? I mean, that one just totally blows my mind. You know, and that wouldn't I mean, surprise. Go figure. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Having a smoke break before you freak out the rancher, you know. Well, he, I have another question here. This is from uh, a long time uh, poster here at the forums, uh, Flatwoods, and he says, "JC, we don't often get to hear from cryptozoologists on the subject of giant or unusual insects, spiders, and other bugs. These kinds of reports are rare." But interesting. Have you ever run across any sort of giant insectoid-type reports? I personally haven't. But uh, how about you? The strangest thing I've got is is a, a screaming spider out this way. And it, it, it probably the size of a the palm, your, your entire hand. Tarantula-sized. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it screams, an audible scream, which, you know, the, the, there's nothing like that out here. But as far as uh, that end of things, that's probably the weirdest thing I've ever heard about is, is an audible what, screaming spider. What, what are those things, vigaroons? What are those things uh, in Mojave Desert, I believe? Uh, they look kind of like a huge oversized giant scorpion without the tail. I think they're called vigaroons or something. They're one of those rare insects that you don't really hear about. But, they, I mean, we're talking something that's over a foot long. 
and and pretty freaky looking. Um, the high, you know, for Flatwoods, uh, if you're listening to the show, which I'm sure you are, uh, the high mountain desert is not kind to insects. And no. this area is is swept with high winds, very low temperatures, uh, blinding blizzard-like below zero conditions uh, during the winter months. And insects do have a hard time in that kind of environment. But here's a question from me, JC, and yes, that sir. is the legendary thunderbird this has always been a subject that has fascinated me um very tantalizing we've we have some pretty well done hoaxes uh, they go back over 100 years of photographs uh we have some pretty interesting footage from new guinea um these things supposedly come down and are grave robbers believe it or not uh what about thunderbirds now i i do have a handful of reports uh through my years of investigation where people report uh, birds uh, in excess of 40 f- with a 40-foot wingspan. Of course, we know that the largest birds in the area are the California condors. There's seven of them still living uh, at the Grand Canyon. They were reintroduced there, and their wingspan is about nine feet. I'll tell you what. We'll look for Thunderbirds, and not for Thunderbird Road, but Thunderbird big flying creatures with more with Chris and Gene. You're in the Paracast. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. Gold. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-223. For the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As good as gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Solar power. Solar power. Hand crank power. Hand crank power. Radio power. Radio power. The goods you want. The good deals you need to power up your survival are at 21stCenturyGoods.com. 
In our solar department, you'll find solar generator kits, solar lanterns, flashlights, radios, and solar cell phone and laptop chargers. 21stCenturyGoods.com is your hand crank headquarters for everything from generators to flashlights to emergency, weather, and shortwave radios by Grundig and Cato. Big brand names and big deals. Like this. Get a free solar flashlight with every order over $75. But hurry, offer ends soon. Go to 21stCenturyGoods.com. Spelled the number two, the number one, stcenturygoods.com. That's 21stCenturyGoods.com. Or call 866-999-8422. 21stCenturyGoods.com. Power up your survival. Storable foods, check. Water filters, check. Gold and silver, check. Tactical gear, check. What's missing from your survival checklist? An essential that should not be taken for granted. Storable vitamins and nutritional supplements. Since many foods do not contain the essential micronutrients your body needs, you need Survival RX, the world's first ultra-long-term storable vitamins and nutritional supplements. How long? Survival RX products have a shelf life of up to 30 years, thanks to triple nitrogen flushing for guaranteed freshness. Go to survivalrx.com for our complete product list including powdered milk and whey protein isolate. And remember, November is Nuclear Disaster Preparedness Month at SurvivalRx.com. With every order until November 30th, you will receive a free bottle of potassium iodate. Just enter coupon code RADIO. Go to SurvivalRx.com. That's survival, the letter R, the letter X.com. Add SurvivalRx.com to your preparedness checklist today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you'd like to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download. Direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out at iTunes. Coming down to earth with Gene and Chris and J.C. Johnson on the Paracast. Chris, more about the Thunderbirds? Yeah. So, J.C., I, I got a call from uh, investigator Robert Morningsky back in 99. You know, I, I really don't – I'm not that familiar with his work, and he was familiar with mine. And he asked me, hey, I've had some Thunderbird sightings in the four right in the four corners region around Cortez. Have you heard of anything like this uh recently? How about you, JC? That's about when you arrived there. I'll start something real quick. We have uh Condor that have made it back on their own without the reintroduction program. I've come across really? them in the wild wild. They are not tagged. There's no transmitters on them. And this is where we get into some touchy feely things because there's millions of dollars involved in the condor thing that's going on, the ones that are left alive in captivity. I'm here to tell you we have witnessed them time and time again in the wild coming back all on their own, and they don't want to wow. hear that. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear the fact that the grizzly have made it back into the Chuska and Lukachukai Mountains on the reservation without wow. being reintroduced. They've made it back on their own. The jaguar are spreading north. That's another story. <laughs> Let's go back to the birds. We have a prominent member of the community here in Farmington who wanted to talk with Dave Ortiz. He was hunting 
in the Hamez Mountains. He heard a freight train come down on him, and he just, just landed on his belly, and this bird just missed him. He looked up, and he followed it through the sky, and it was turning around to come back for another pass. He went and covered himself in the thick trees. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go hide in these trees. Leathery skin, 40-foot wingspan. It was a pterodactyl or pterosaur. Direct sighting from this individual. Uh, to share a personal experience, we've seen I've seen something with 40-foot wingspans that reserve. It looks like a raven, but a 40-foot wingspan. I've seen those. I remember coming out of Walmart one day, looking over by the airport and looking up. And I'm like, wow, what a cool kite, a pterodactyl kite. Wow, where did they get that? Over at the Hobby Lobby? I want a kite like that. That's so cool. Then the thing went up and up, and it broke away from that area, and it came right over the top of me. And I looked up, and I saw the leathery skin and just light flexing of the wing. It wasn't flapping or anything. And it glided up. It caught another thermal, and it went over the river. Then it went across the reservation. <laughs> I just I ran across the parking lot at Walmart to keep this thing in sight. I couldn't believe it. I saw it. Another member of our crew was up on a mesa above the San Juan. One of the fingers of the San Juan splitting up by an island was probably 100 feet wide. She said, this thing skimming the water probably covered half of that finger, at least a 50-foot wingspan, leathery skin, identical to what you would consider a pterodactyl. Witnessed oh, by one of my crew members. So, I, so I we're, did we're talking about two... Two distinct forms. The the reports that I got, and I'm sorry to interrupt here. Go ahead. The reports that I got back in the 90s were, as you described, of a giant raven-type form that uh, you know was described as a 30, 40-foot wingspan and also described as like a black hole in the sky. There were no details on it. They could see flight feathers. They could see the outline of it and the silhouette of it, but they could not really determine – any sort of features on it other than the actual silhouetted shape. Now, what you're describing is something that's more, you know, like a, a pterosaur, some sort of a pterodactyl or pteranodon, that type of form. How many of these reports do you think you've heard over the years or stories have you heard over the years? And, and how reliable do you think these, these reports are? You're, you're describing your own personal experience. But you would think that if these things exist, that there should be a lot of reports of them out there flying around. So There I mean, are. And one of the investigations I did, and I wasn't going to do it until the family came up with some photos of what had happened to the sheep. And we're talking that the, the heads were snipped off and the bodies were drilled into by like a beak or something of that nature. And we've got a very high fence We've got legs ripped off. We've got heads snipped off of full-grown sheep. And we've got a lot of the uh, pterodactyl sightings in the area. And I went and followed up on this. And my gut is it was either space aliens or a pterodactyl that dropped into the pen for the carnage that was inflicted on these sheep. I mean, just to, to, to snip off a head, how do you do that? To rip a leg off a sheep? How do you do that? You, it, it came in from above, and I think the family was in agreement with that. Something of a winged variety came in from above, and I, I think it was a pterodactyl. I, I really do. 
I've got a cave out in the Badlands. If if we get our series that I'm working on, I'll get dropped in this cave. It's about a 40-foot-high entrance, and it's pretty deep. And that's what you would need for something of that nature to fly into and, and take roost and be uh, out of the elements. Which which Badlands? I mean, where, where are we the talking about? The Badlands outside of Farmington heading toward uh, Albuquerque. And we've got some Pegasus sightings or and or pterodactyl-type sightings out in that area quite frequently. So you're on the edge of the Painted Desert there in the Bentonite Hills, uh, that area where it's all eroded out, like the Bistie Wilderness, that, that, yeah, that area? Yeah, Interesting, Ooh, interesting country. Well, you bring up the sheep. I know you're currently investigating a, a recent case um, of, of livestock mutilations with sheep. This is a question from one of our... Very uh, trained observer is is one of our best forum posters. He's uh, posted over twenty five hundred messages on our site. He's a and real that's since the show started. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> really okay, Gene. Well, I don't know about that, but he has three questions. Um, have you noticed, JC, any correlation between cattle mutilations or sheep mutilations in your case? Because that's the majority of the livestock that I think that you've investigated uh, being found in this condition. But have you seen any correlation between these livestock deaths and disease in people investigating them? Or do you have any sort of incidents of these families developing um, abnormal rates of cancer? And the third question is, do you, do you think, if so, is there a correlation between the extensive uranium mining that's going on around the area and these livestock mutilations? And as, a, as kind of a sub-question that I'm adding... Do you think it's possible that some of these strange and, and weird creatures could be some sort of genetic manipulations because of uh, uranium mining and other, um, you know, genetic altering uh, type conditions in the environment? Uh, and before you, you answer that, that question, before you answer that, J.C. Johnson, I was thinking as you were talking with the final part of that question, Chris, about all those Japanese horror movies where radiation caused all these strange mutations, but maybe that's not it. We have cryptozoological investigator J.C. Johnson with Gene and Chris exploring weird creatures of the day, the night, the skies, and the sea, and elsewhere on The Paracast. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E Soft.com. 
If you constantly feel run down and tired, your pH level might be low and your body could be full of toxins. If what you drink is not at a pH level of 8 or higher, you are inviting bacteria and acid to thrive in your body. But there is something you can do. Simply add 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops to your water to help your body rid itself of acidic waste, increase oxygen, and raise your pH balance to optimum levels. AlkaVision Plasma pH drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals in the world. Alkalizing the water you you drink, ridding your body of acidic waste and toxins, and helping you regain energy and vibrant health. And studies show viruses, bacteria, and toxins cannot survive in an alkaline, high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops at AlkaVision.com. That's A L K A Vision.com. Or call 269 409 1776. 269 409 1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. What looks good under your Christmas tree and tastes even better? Big Berkey water filters. Yes, the gift of clean water. A gift that provides a great foundation for achieving good health in the lives of your loved ones. A Big Berkey water filter gives them protection from bacteria, heavy metals, chlorine, fluoride, pesticides and herbicides, VOCs and more. And best of all, a Big Berkey water filter is a gift that lasts for many years with no additional investment. And that saves time and money in filter replacements that other water filters require and are even powerful enough to purify treated, untreated, or even stagnant pond water. As always, all orders over $50 are shipped free, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Order online at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com, spelled Big, B-E-R-K-E-Y, WaterFilters.com. Or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-B-E-R-K-E-Y. Gift well this Christmas. Give a Big Berkey water filter. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800 800- 346-6829 that's 800-34-NO-TAX This is Hilly Rose and I hope that you do listen to the Paracast because you will learn a great deal about the paranormal Okay, back with the strange creatures. Chris O'Brien asking of J.C. Johnson a long set of questions. J.C., want to start picking up on this? I think one of the interesting things, too, especially around the Tisnos Post area, and we go back into some things that happened back in 1940. In 1940, the Corps of Engineers, the Army, all kinds of people, set across the reservation in search of uranium for the enrichment program and everything else for nuclear weapons. And 
One of the things they found, which is documented under the Freedom of Information Act, there was an opening up in the Archuleta Mesa at Dulce. And these engineers and so forth, and the Corps of Engineers, they, they didn't have recording devices. They took notes. What they found were quite a few Apache skeletons, which they surmised were Apache by their dress and so forth. They had uh, Winchester repeating rifles. They had Colt 45s and so forth. They'd had some type of battle. They go back further into the opening, and they found the skeletons and remains of the opposing force, and they described them to okay, some degree. Well, you're, you're talking about Colonel X and Anthony Sanchez is well, very interesting. This account, is, uh, correct? This is un, you know, not necessarily from the book, but this opens up a lot of different things. When we've got all oh, yeah. the uranium a things big old on. major huge can of worms just got opened there, J.C. Ah, here's where we go back to what's going on around the Four Corners area. They're mining for uranium back in the 40s and everything. In fact, the uranium trucks used to drive from, like, T-Snow's Post, and, you know, people would be wanting to hitch a ride, and they'd get up and sit on the uranium ore, and they told them it was safe and everything was safe, and, you know, they'd get off at Shiprock and so forth. You know, Uncle Jack from T-Snow's Post says, yeah, I used to hitch a ride with those guys all the time, and, you know, he's in his 60s now, and I'm, I'm glad he's made it into his 60s. But we've got mysterious illnesses that happen on the reservation all the time. People who never smoked or drank or did anything that would deter your health suddenly come down with a strange, mysterious illness. And we've got people just dying for no apparent reason. They've just come down with something. It's really weird things. As far as investigating the animals, we're very careful about what we touch. We've got gloves on. Everything we handle, we're wearing gloves and so forth. We dispose of those gloves. I, I'm not necessarily any situation we might have something airborne, and I, I hope that's not the case. But as far as the people after anything that's happened, the only thing that's really happened is, is more phenomenon showing up, maybe killing more sheep or torturing a family to a degree, which, which happened today. I got more information on a rabbit kill. And we had uh, gathered some blood from this cage that was on the outside of the cage, not inside of the cage, with the rabbit that was dispatched. And we sent it off for analysis, and it came back with what we were looking for. And we confirmed that. And uh, this this same family, uh, one wait, of their wait a minute, dogs, what were you looking for? What, what were you looking for? What were the results? Sasquatch. How do you mean? Wait a minute. Uh, stop the presses, Gene. Press we stopped. Here we confirmed go. Confirmed results of Susquatch. Actually, I, I mean, I, I, please I should, do explain. Let Let me backtrack here a little bit. One Thank of the you. videos we have is called the Harvest, and it was an irrigation pipe that had been punched through to capture a skunk. And the first thing that happened to the skunk is its scent glands got removed, and pretty much the skunk just wandered out of the pipe and lay down and died. And Brenda Harris was able to get on scene that night and get some photos. The perpetrator carrying the skunk in between his hands with the pipe out in front of him, 150 pounds of pipe, walked out into the field about 100 yards and set the pipe down. So if the skunk got out of the pipe, he could probably run the skunk down and catch it. If he left it up in the weeds where the pipe was, the skunk could probably get away if he got out. 
and he even pulled well, wait off. A minute, a, and he removed the scent glands. The scent glands were removed. What's the motivation on that one? That's another long story. But I believe some of the the smell of the furry ones, the Sasquatch. I believe some of that is imported. I've smelled them without the skunk. It's like a stinky, wet diaper, dirty dog, horse pee thing, and no skunk. And then I've smelled that same smell with the skunk added to it. So I've smelled all that. I, I believe the skunk is something they import. Oh, so it's kind of like uh, Halston for Bigfoot. They I sort think of so. use that as sort of I think some so. sort of uh, you know masking uh, smell or something, a scent. So, uh, skunks, believe me, I, I have to deal with them all the time here uh, in uh, Redneck, Arizona. Uh, we have quite a, a number of skunks in the area. They've been really prevalent the last couple of years for some reason. But So what you're suggesting and, and postulating is that Bigfoot may be somehow harvesting and utilizing the scent glands of, uh, of skunks and, and possibly other animals, badgers, well, and very stinky you know, as well. It was, it, was a, it was a suspicion in Everything, you know, the way everything came together, we got into the right study. We got into the right study. And this study is going in for peer review with over 106 samples from around the country, including samples from us, from two different incidents. And the markers are there for what these things are, which is going to be of interest. Who's doing this study? Is this the Idaho Dr. study? Or? Uh, no, Dr. Melba Ketchum is doing the DNA study. Yeah on these uh, Sasquatch. Okay, so you were able to get uh, evidence entered into this study. Yeah. We're when are we going to see some results? Uh, I've, uh, got some prime, those... I've got some prime rib dinner bets that by the end of the year, the uh, paper will be released and available. Cool. And I'll take through, you up on that one. Cons consider another bet being placed. Okay, another prime rib bet with you. There we're you in. go. Okay, we, we got witnesses, Gene. Okay, I've got it written down here, recorded for posterity, forever. <laughs> I love prime rib. We get all them, all them mad cow cattle mutes. We're going to get nice some mad cow if rib. we eat the wrong prime rib. No, I'm going to prepare the prime rib, and I'll deliver it, too. All right. Prepared and delivered. I have to go up to Washington, too, if I lose this bet. But, uh, you know, the, the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed. We've... Everything's been sent out for a double-blind study and overkill. With over 100 samples, it's beyond overkill, believe me. Well, I'm, I'm, I was just saying, I think it was 117 samples, if, if memory serves me correct. It were, uh, it's, it's quite an extensive study, the first major scientific study of its kind, and takes a lot of uh, chutzpah, I think Gene would say, to uh, actually put your neck out in a scientific community with a a study of this uh, size and scope and obviously the subject matter. But uh, back to my question real quick before we forget. Have you seen any unusual illnesses in the families that have had these livestock mutilations in this area that's rife with, with uh, uranium mining? Uh, not, nothing I could directly correlate. We've lost family members. You know, okay. um, uh, once when I married in with this 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 uh, Native American lady, I married everybody. <laughs> I just you yeah, it's know, funny I, how that works, isn't it? I, I and and you know they brought that up years later. You know, years later, we're we're all still in contact and together and everything else. You you didn't know you married all of us, did you? And I said no, but I'm not complaining. You, you great bunch of folks, great bunch of people. My goodness, 
wonderful people. But no, there's been mysterious illnesses, very healthy people suddenly taken by some type of leukemia. Obviously, Leonard Dan's talking about some of these old uranium mines where the rails that they used to push the ore out on glow at night. I don't think that's really healthy. I don't think that's a good thing. Well, I don't and think hitching a ride says, on an ore truck is healthy either. Well, no, but they told him it was safe back in the 40s and 50s. You know, <laughs> yeah. this is safe. It's all good. Grandpa? But, you know, Leonard why why about, are my body parts glowing? I'll tell you what, we're going to glow even brighter if we don't do this. Neighbors, we want you to check out our newly updated forums. Go to forum.theparacast.com. That's forum.theparacast.com. A new, snazzier look, better integration with your favorite social networks. We're just glowing all over the place here with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. For 58 years, fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal like angels and miracles psychic phenomena ghosts ufos and much much more to receive your complimentary fate magazine call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com that's 1-800-728-2730 what are you waiting for your fate awaits how would you like to have normal blood pressure Ernesto from Illinois. I had my doctor's appointment yesterday and I got my labs in. My HDL is 119L and my LDL is 37L. My doctor asked what I was doing to lower it so much, so I told her about HB extract. Millions of people like Ernesto are suffering from high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, unbalanced cholesterol, irregular heartbeats, and clogged arteries. But now there's an effective, natural, 100% organic nutritional supplement for a healthy heart and circulation. Heart and body extract. My blood pressure has not gone past 125 over 80 in almost a month. Experience amazing benefits when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of heart and body extract. She did a double take when she looked at my ER labs. She couldn't believe it. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. Thank you. Heart and Body Extract. What happened, man? You used to be energetic, happy, and wow, did the ladies love you. Now, you fall asleep on the couch, irritable, and out of shape. Don't be that guy. Call now for a risk-free trial of Ageless Male, a natural supplement shown to raise testosterone by 50% and maintain healthy, normal levels. No injections, no appointments. With healthy testosterone levels, you can feel that energy again, that great outlook again, and yes, even a healthy sex drive. Right now, you can try Ageless Male risk-free. There's nothing to lose, guys. If you're a man who's noticed changes in your body, your mood, your sex life, call now for a risk-free trial of Ageless Male. Be the guy you used to be. Just call one 888 
888-246-0623. Don't wait another day. Just call 1-888-246-0623. Again, 1-888-246-0623. From the shattered rust belt come the Lost Vegas. Now also available in digital format at Amazon and iTunes worldwide. Don't come calling when your walls start falling Life Before the Collapse by the Lost Vegas on 180 gram vinyl and mastered especially for vinyl by legendary audio engineer Steve Hall. Life Before the Collapse by the Lost Vegas. The Lost Vegas. Now available at Amazon.com and iTunes. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We're glowing in the dark because this is the last segment of this week's episode with Gene and Chris and J.C. Johnson. Chris, before we go on, any more questions left in the till? Yeah, here's one from uh, jpw.in.wi, and his uh, little tagline is, he's still seeking Samantha. Well, good luck with that, JPW. He's been a member since March of 2009, and JC, he asks, is there anything an individual can do to actually lure a crypto creature of any sort into view? I've always wanted to have a sighting ever since I was a teenager, you know, of a UFO, Bigfoot, Mothman, anything. But it's getting awfully hard to stay patient. I guess the first, my, if I can help you answer the question, move to the four corners would be the first thing that I'd say. <laughs> but other than that, is there any, like, uh, any bait that we can use? Uh, you know, I had a report of a flying fish once, and I thought, you know, how would you, how would you duplicate that? I guess use a sky blue Rapala lure would, maybe would work. Uh, what can a person do to... Uh, Uh, Put themselves in the right place at the right time. One situation, uh, and and this goes back to with my son, uh, who did a couple tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's a ranger sniper, and he came out to visit Dad, and it was windy. It was cold. It was December. We had probably 60, 70-mile-an-hour wind gusts down at the base of the Lukachukai Mountains, but I took him down into uh, Red Valley, into what we now call uh, Skinwalker Wash, and just to, you know, give them a feel for things. And, and my spidey senses said we had somebody tailing us. I really couldn't figure out what it was. And we wanted to have a cigarette. By the way, I'm smoking an e-cigarette now. I'm, I'm trying to quit, by the way. I'm, What's I an e-cigarette? You buy the uh, pharmaceutical-grade glycerin nicotine. You load it into an atomizer. You push the little button with a battery, and it gives you... Pharmaceutical grade nicotine in a water vapor. It's a nicotine highly, delivery system. Gene. Yes, highly recommended. Instead of just injecting it. 
no smoke, no no uh, you know carbon monoxide, no tar. But unfortunately, uh, as I found out, JC, you can't smoke them on Amtrak. Unfortunately, oh, they won't let you smoke okay. them on planes. That's okay. You, you offend people wherever you go. <laughs> I'm just. I'm glad I've got an alternative to speak for yourself, there, buddy. I'm glad I have an alternative to the uh, coffee. Anyway, there. let's hear the story. Your son's a ranger. Did anyway, he pick up on uh, how was well, his spidey sense operating? We wanted to have a cigarette, and the wind was just howling. And we were over by Shiprock earlier, the, the actual rock, and we got. I mean, just the wind was so terrible. We got down in uh, Skinwalker Wash there in Red Valley, and I saw a rock face that had fallen off a cliff, and it was about uh, 30 feet high by 100 feet long, a big red rock. We had two or three feet between this rock and the canyon wall. I said, let's go back in there. I checked it out. So we're back in there. We're smoking. We're joking, talking. And I I really seriously, I, I said to him, if something's been following us, it knows we're behind this rock face. It can't see us right now, but it knows we're back here. It's going to expose itself. It's going to be out in the open looking at this rock face, wondering what happened to us. I said, I guarantee so you were flashed you that. by a skinwalker? No, I, I told my son, I'm going to jump out and face right. You jump out and face left, and we'll see what we have. When we jumped out, Dad goes, D-. my son goes, Dad, Dad, oh, damn. And he tried to get a, one of the binoculars up just to look through one of the uh, reticles to, to look at this creature. And by the time I spun around, it was gone. The, the last thing he expected to see was a three-foot high at the shoulder, 14-foot-long Komodo dragon-looking creature with a rhino hide. Not, not uh, a lizard hide, but a rhino hide. And it ran down the side of this hill. We did a horseshoe to how, try. How big was this thing? I would say three foot high at the shoulders, about twelve to fourteen feet long. I would put its weight at about a thousand pounds, and that's the last so thing he expected this? to see. He's been following Dad's research for years. You know, everything's a Bigfoot. Everything's a Bigfoot. The last thing he expected to see was something of that variety, stepping out from behind that rock face. But that's another thing too, and it, it worked. Um, and this is with, you know, something of that genre. Another thing we did in Land Between the Lakes back in uh, June, we had uh, forward-looking infrared, and I wanted to get this gentleman up where he could actually scan out across a cornfield that they hadn't planted that year. So we hiked up this uh, little road, and we bedded down in the cornfield. Well, the one thing that was following us, we went through about 20 feet of thick, trees and scrub and underbrush then we dumped down into this three foot high grass in the field the guy that had been following us got really frustrated while we we're in there for a few minutes and he took a big stick and started beating it on the road and we could hear it and it was very loud and we jumped up out of the cornfield made our way back through the brush but he couldn't see us anymore that's the thing he was right behind us. He couldn't see us anymore. We ducked down through the woods. We ducked down into the high grass, and he became frustrated. That was a Sasquatch in pursuit in this particular case. But we outsmarted him. He couldn't see us anymore. He didn't have a visual on us. I don't know if he was sending a message to someone or something else by beating the stick on the road or whatever, but, you know, we dropped out of sight. He became frustrated. My son and I drop out of sight, and 
you know, the Komodo dragon comes out into the open to watch the rock face for when we come out or if we come out. Wow. I'm gobsmacked. That's all I can say is wow. I'm telling you, JC, I can't wait to uh, to work on this little expedition that we've been talking about and uh, get out there uh, in your neck of the woods, maybe do the Chuskas or, you know, uh, some area there south of the Four Corners. And Probably Luka Chuskas. Maybe when the weather breaks, have some fun. I'm, yeah, I'm the Luka Chuskas would be great. Yeah, I'm leaving the Chuskas for BFRO. They own them. They can have them. So. Oh, okay. Go, boys. Go, boys. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, okay. JC, because we don't have much time left. And this is the kind of show where we have to do two or three. Just listening to you and Chris talk shop. You just sit back, relax, you know, have a soft drink. I don't do the hard stuff. And just let it happen. Okay, so from here, where do you go? Are you going to do more of this kind of research? Do you see an end game where you can just feel vindicated? Science says, okay, they're Bigfoot. The Thunderbirds and all this stuff. Can that happen? I, I think we start with the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot. And, and my biggest hope is the DNA study to go forward. And then we all get to start all over. And the way you've been doing research, some of you, when you get the news, what this is all really about, we're all going to start all over. And there'll be more discussion. There'll be more interest in Sasquatch. You'll see that. This will be the shot that's heard around the world. Whether it's accepted by the public or not, if, if we get better approval rating than some politicians, we're doing good. So I, it may not take much. That's fine. <laughs> some of those politicians, it won't take much to get a higher approval rating. No, you know, the thing is, is getting all this stuff out, out on the table. Here's the scientific evidence of something we're sharing this planet with. We start there. And you know what? That opens up all the other avenues and doors to explore these other unknown, perhaps cryptid. I'm not really interested in anything in the paranormal variety. I'm interested in flesh and blood cryptids that are here among us. Where do our listeners find more information about what J.C. Johnson does? You know, you could add me on Facebook, too. Okay. Just uh, look for J.C. Johnson on Facebook. I think I'm wearing a cowboy hat or something. Yeah, a black hat. Look for the dude in the black hat. Add me on Facebook. We can start there. You can find us on uh, uh, Type in Crypto Four Corners. Google it. You'll, you'll find us. You'll find us. You can find us on YouTube, Crypto Four Corners. Find me there. I, I run the uh, the, the uh, Crypto Four Corners video part of it. So when you talk with them, you're talking to me. We can add you on Facebook. We can email you, all kinds of interesting things. Speaking of interesting things, Chris O'Brien, where do we find more of your stuff? Well, I'm here at the Paracast uh, forums, forum.theparacast.com. I also have a uh, website I keep promising is being revamped, Our Strange Planet. And you can find me lurking about the latest weird sighting here in the Southwest. Uh, chances are, if I can make it out there, you'll see me there. Okay, J.C. Johnson, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Pleasure to be here, gentlemen. Thank you. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in... The Paracast. <laughs>